WLEW Sports Network presents The Game of the Week with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, and Dan Banke. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network, powered by Agri-Valley Services. The road to Ford Field is at its halfway point, and the regional championship is on the line. The Fowler Eagles and Upley Bearcats are going head-to-head for their chance to get to the state semifinals. Good evening, folks, and welcome to the MHSA Division 8 Regional Championship. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. I'm your host, Clark Ramsey, and alongside of me, as always, is a true professional. He even has license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hanson. Thank you, Clark. Happy to be back here in Ubley for uh, for one last home game for the Bearcats. Hopefully they can take care of business tonight. Entering this weekend, just eight teams remain across the Division 8 playoffs. Ottawa Lake, Whiteford, and Clarkson Everest played last night and secured victories. So as it stands now, we're down to just the last six teams. By 4 o'clock this afternoon, that number will be down to just the last four. Yeah, that's right. And we'll see uh, if the Ugly Bearcats can handle what Fowler brings to them today. Um, so far, we like what we see, but uh, this Ugly Bearcats team is rolling. The Fowler Eagles took on the Beale City Aggies and did something that not many teams have done. Leave Beale City with a win. Fowler came from behind in the second half and stopped the Aggies on a two-point conversion, which proved to be the difference maker in a 28-27 victory. Yeah, it was quite the back-and-forth game, and, and Beale City had a chance at the end, and instead of going for the tie, went for two, and uh, the Fowler defense come up with the, probably the biggest stop of their season to advance to this round. The Ubley Bearcats continued their roll through the schedule with a dominating 14, 49-14 victory over Michigan Lutheran Seminary last week. It was the Bearcats' 11th victory this season and the 11th time this year that Ubley has held their opponents to two touchdowns or less. Yeah, it just seems like anybody that plays Ubley, they get a running clock put on them at some point in the game. And that, that's just how dominating they've been offensively. Their defense is tough. They don't they make good tackles. They don't make penalties. This team is extremely tough to beat. Before we kick off the regional championship, we'll host our media roundtable, discuss the rest of the playoff field, and break down this Saturday matinee edition of the Game of the Week. Fowler at Ubley. It's all right here on your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Anchor Valley Services on Sports Radio 1021 and live worldwide at WLWSports.com with a winner going to the state semifinals. presentation and this afternoon's presentation of the WLW Sports Network is being brought to you by Thumb Sailor and Anchor Valley Services. DS Services of Kansas City for all of your grain handling needs. Got a radiator and air conditioning of Mad Rainy's Hunting Center, 269 Guns. North Star Bank guiding the way. Here in Auto Parts, Countryside Transportation, Bayport Stabic, DM Cabinet Shop, Ompli Motor Service, Zinger Smigelski Funeral Home, Valley Collision, McVeigh Insurance Agency, Nutrient Egg Solutions, the Michigan High School Athletic Association, and Sure Health. Better health, better life. Are you sure? Internet services are provided by Anchor Valley Services on the blazing speed of their TrueNet 4G wireless network. Go to anchorvalleyservices.com for broadband internet that you can count on. This game broadcast is a copyright presentation Thumb Broadcasting Incorporated. All rights are reserved. Any reproduction without the express written consent of the WLW Sports Network is strictly, strictly prohibited. prohibited. As of this moment, 
The MHSA playoffs are already halfway done. Just three weeks ago, the playoff field consisted of 256 teams across the state of Michigan in eight divisions. By the end of today, that number will be down to just 32 teams in total. Much like the NCAA tournament, reaching the state semifinals in the MHSA playoffs is a feat in itself. Don't get me wrong, taking ownership of the regional trophy carries a lot of weight. It always seems to be set aside very quickly so that all energy can be focused on the next challenge, which would be punching your ticket to Ford Field. Across the thumb of Michigan, no team has won more regional titles than the Ubley Bearcats, with eight of them coming since 2003. Falling close behind would be Deckerville and Harbor Beach, each with six regional titles in their trophy case. Then there's USA, Reese, and Brown City, all at three titles apiece. Ubley's opponent today is certainly no slouch when it comes to the postseason accolades as well. The Fowler Eagles are currently in their 36th playoff appearance this season to go along with their seven district titles, nine regional titles, and four state championships all in their name. One person who has been at my side for our regional broadcast over the last decade plus would be Dave Hansen, with the exception of one when he decided she should get married smack dab in the <laughs> middle of the MHSA playoffs. Uh, yeah, I did do that to you, uh, what, four years ago already yes. now. So. Happy anniversary yes. yesterday. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, yes, it went well. Um, and not for maybe for you guys. You guys did well without me, though. It you was a good. cold, blustery game. I will say that. And I don't think Flint Beecher has thought out quite yet either. <laughs> But also with us is our Director of Sports Information, Doug Cole. Doug travels all the way from Livonia, Michigan for us every single week and handles all of our real-time stats throughout the entire broadcast. Doug, your second-row seat is starting to look like home for you. Well, it's uh, yeah, it's, I don't mind it, though. Uh, Dan does an excellent job uh, spotting, uh, doing the spotting, so it makes my job easier. So it's uh, not the best spot to watch the game, but it could be worse. Well, actually, if, if Dan's spotting gets any better, we're just going to have you stay at Livonia. Okay. And you'll call the game, and then we'll just pipe you, pipe Dan into your ears at home, and then you can send our stats in that way. Yeah, that, that okay. would work. Right, Is we'd... that good? But more importantly, the biggest thing we're wondering. Yeah, exactly. But if you didn't come, we wouldn't be able to do, ask you this next question. Precisely. So where, where did you There's stop no on the ride the broadcast. Well, so uh, last week uh, I stopped in uh, Ubley, so I went to another uh, small town. I went to Ruth, Michigan. I went to the Farmer's uh, Tavern. Farmer's Tavern. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. And how was it? Oh, it was really good. It was delicious. Uh, it the uh, staff was great. It's uh, it's it was nice. What'd you have? Oh, I had the prime rib. Prime rib. Yeah. At ten thirty in the morning. Uh, well, it was around eleven. Eleven. Okay. Eleven thirty. Eleven thirty. Okay. Does it? It's twelve o'clock somewhere. I yeah, guess. I suppose so. Does <laughs> it get the Doug Cole seal of approval? Absolutely, it does. Oh, fantastic! And dining with Doug can continue for another week as he travels the countryside and gives the Doug Cole seal of approval when necessary and only when essential. Our eye in the sky is the absolute best in the business. Dan Benke has been our spotter for now six seasons and fills our ears with more information than you can possibly imagine. Also, we can relay the game back to our listeners as best as possible. And for the first time this season, Dan is with us in the booth for this segment. Welcome. Welcome, guys. It's uh, good to be here. I just needed a Saturday game, I guess, to make it here on time for the pregame. Yeah, I, I've never seen you not in the shadows of darkness. Right. I'm usually walking in with the National Anthem. <laughs> well, it's good to have you. And one addition to our broadcast over the last two seasons has been our sideline reporter, Ed Klump. And, uh, well, frankly, somehow and by only the grace of God, the football gods, Ed Klump has not annoyed Eric Sweeney through for a lifetime ban to be put in place on the sidelines. And for that, Dave, we're quite thankful. Yeah, well, you better believe that after today that might be in effect. Uh, <laughs> but we'll see. I guess if, if Ubley plays as well as it did last week, uh, Eric probably wouldn't mind having him back for another week. That's true. And Ed Klump is on his way to the game right now. He he's, said he's going to be here at 12.09. 
Well, it's uh, twelve eleven, and he's still Ooh. not here. So, oh, he's probably here. He, you know him. He, he's, he he's talks chatting. to him. anybody he's, and everybody. Yes. I think he's talking to the bushes out there, just in case there's <laughs> someone sitting in them. And our <laughs> intern from our Northwood, <laughs> our intern from Northwood University, Kendall Anthus, is back and with us. Due to the size constraints of the Elby Tower, we sent him down last week with, on the sidelines with Ed Klump. And by the sounds of it, uh, Ed did not divulge too many college stores for you. So, uh, Kendall, last week. So we're going to try again this week. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Uh, Week two of the, or week week three now of playoffs. Uh, excited to be back. Get to see an ugly team. That's pretty good. Um, we'll see what they have to do with Fowler. What's it like to be on the sidelines with Ed Klump? It's undescribable, kind of. Okay. It's a lot of stories. <laughs> a lot of a lot of crazy things. It's a lot of tap on the shoulder. Hey, take the headset off. I got something to say. Uh, but yeah, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. Okay. Well, he's walking in right now, so we'll hear from him soon enough. It's the regional championship. Fowler at Ubley, and your home for the entire postseason run is still right here on Sports Radio 1021 in live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. We're going to return. We'll host our media roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. It's now time for the Media Roundtable on Thompson Chevrolet Radio here of WLW Sports. If you're looking for the latest models from Chevrolet, look no further than the north end of Ubley at Thompson Chevrolet. Find new roads. Join me today from the Huron County View of the Frank Reich of the Media Roundtable, Paul P. Adams. Our Director of Sports Information, Doug Cole. The 2003 North American Asparagus Eating Champion, Ed Klump. Our intern and on-field producer from Northwood, U- Northwood University, Kendall Anthos. The top spotter this side of Mesick, Michigan, Dan Benke, and the defending champion at the Meteor Roundtable, Dave Hansen. Through the end of the broadcast season, we keep score of our games predictions, and when the time comes, we will deem a Meteor Roundtable winner. In last week's game, Dave Hansen picked almost the exact score, being off by just one total point, and with a victory, he clinches at least a share of the Meteor Roundtable championship, and the only man who would be able to catch him is Dan Benke. But that required Dan to run the table, something that is still possible, and we know Dan Banky is capable of doing so. As for the rest of you, well, y'all are uh, playing with nothing but Monopoly money today. <laughs> I'm just happy to have a win. <laughs> that's, all, that's all. I'm just happy. I don't have a zero by my name anymore. Yeah, if Frank Reich had a couple more wins, he wouldn't be worried either. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Ed Klump, good to have you back here. Great to, great to Your microphone's off. Here we go. Hold on. Yep. Off to a great start. Oh. No, no. One more push. One more push. How about now? Oh, there it is. True professional. True yes. professional. It's a good thing I'm in uh, such peak physical condition and my cardio's up. Uh, yes. I made it here. I'm going to lay, I'm gonna go lay down for a minute. Tell me when the game Ed, starts. And you may be here, but I think your breath is still in the parking lot. <laughs> well, so how it works, each meter represented picks a winner in the final score for this week's feature game of the WLW Sports. Network the winner is deemed by selecting the winning team and by having the most accurate point differential. If no one selects the correct winner of the night, Clark Ramsey, Clark Ramsey, that's two weeks in a row I screwed up my own name. Clark Ramsey will graciously accept the victory for the week. Since Dave won last week, he will go last to tonight's order. And the afternoon order will be Ed Klump, Kendall Anthus, Dan Banky, Doug Cole, Paul B. Adams, and then Dave Hansen. Ed Klump, the tea is yours. Yeah, I think today Fowler's got a little bit more size. I think it's going to be a little bit more formidable uh, opponent here for Ubley. I'm going to go Ubley, 28, Fowler, 13. 
28 wow. to 13, so a 15 point. And that's what you had last week. Don't judge me, Clark. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ovley, 28. Fowler, 13 for Ed Klump. I guarantee Ed's got the under. The Bearcats by 15 points. Kendallanthus. So bear with me for a second. Okay. So we're gonna He's got head, notes. We're going to head back to week six when Cass City faced off against Ubley. Okay. Uh, Cass City gets absolutely stomped by Ubley, 42-7. We head to week nine. Cass City plays Beale City, 28-14, close game. Two 60-yard plays by Beale City give them the win. We go to last week when Fowler faces off against base er, Beale City, 28-27. And here we are today, Ubley, Fowler. I don't think Fowler can hang with the Ubley Bearcats. I think Ubley about the same as last week, and I have Ubley with 49-14 win for the Bearcats. 49-14, to 14, so a 35-point victory in favor of the Ubley Bearcats, according to Kendall Anthos doing his homework. Dan Benke, welcome to the Meteor Round Table. Hey, guys, I'm here. Oh, one second. Let me unmute you. One second. Okay, there we okay, go. Okay, I'm here now. Okay. Uh, Kendall had a lot of great things. I totally agree with him. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go that high of a score, though. Um, I don't think Fowler's going to be able to handle what Ubley's going to bring. So it's going to be Ubley a lot early, and you might see him coast it down at the end. So I'm going to go 35 to 12. 35 to 12, so 23 points in favor of the Ubley Bearcats, according to Dan Benke. Doug Cole, Director of Sports Information. Well, I know probably Beale City is maybe a little down than normal, but if you beat Beale City, you're a pretty good team. But I think Ubley is not just good. I think they're great. I think Ubley will handle this game from start to finish. I got Ubley winning this game, 42 to 16. 42 to 16, so that would be what, 30, 26 points. Yes. 26 points in favor of the Ubley Bearcats, going to Doug Cole, 42 to 16. Paul P. Adams, All right. Huron I, County View Sports Editor. I didn't bring any notes, sorry. Nice <laughs> job, Kendall. Um, I, I, I Honestly, guys, I don't think this game's even close. Um, I, I think Ubley uh, proved last week th they're on a different level. Uh, I, Fowler... Kind of got lucky beating Beale City. We should honestly be in Beale City right now, but thank you, Fowler. I'll and, take it. And your reward for coming to Ubley for that win is a 49-6 beating tonight, uh, this afternoon. I don't think it's even close. 49-6, so 43 points in favor of the Ubley Bearcats, going to Paul P. Adams. And that leaves Dave Hansen. Yeah, unfortunately for anybody hoping for a close game, I'm with the rest of you. I just think the Ubley Bearcats are just going to handle business from beginning to end. They maybe don't go up 50 to nothing, you know, 16 minutes into this game, but they could. And it's very realistic. But I, I, I do think they'll coast in the second half. I, Fowler might get a cheap TD here or there. But, uh, so I got 46 to 14. 46 to 14, so what, 32 points for Dave Hansen. So the experts have spoken, all taking the ugly Bearcats. So the second week in a row, I take their opponent, the Fowler Eagles today. And we have Ed Klump on the low side, taking ugly by 15 points, 28 to 13. Doug Cole taking Ubley by 26 points, 42 to 16. And in between there, Dan Benke has Ubley winning by 35 to 12 by 23 points. Then we move on to Dave Hansen taking Ubley by 32 points, 42, or excuse me, 46 to 14. Kendall Anthos taking Ubley by 35 points, 49 to 14. And Paul B. Adams has the over at 49 to 6 for the Ubley Bearcats. Good luck, gentlemen. And may the odds ever be in your favor. Moving on to other area games, we have about half and half between 
what happened last night and what is happening today. And we will start out in eight-player football beginning today at 1 o'clock. Brown City at Martin. Brown City has lost once already this season to Martin, falling to Martin 49-6 to back in week number five. Martin have made it to the state semis the last two years, beat Lenaway Christian last week 56-14. to Of course, they are the defending state champions, the team they lost to previously, and Martin is rolling. Yeah, I, I don't see how you come back from a 49-6 to uh, beating. Maybe Brown City makes this closer. Uh, I, I do think Brown City's a, a better team than when they faced Martin, um, but you don't overcome that kind of deficit. Um, Martin wins this game uh, probably fairly easily still. I still think that Brown City doesn't give them credit, right? This this is a fantastic transition season for well, them. They did a really good job. 49-6, to I think Brown City's playing better at than they were at that time. I, again, just that many more reps at the eight-player level. I think Brown City makes it a little bit closer, but Martin wins handily. And, uh, again, it was a, it was an excellent season for let, Brown City. Let me say this. Uh, Brown City is, to me, the blueprint and the benchmark you should look at if you're thinking about switching from 11-player to eight-player football. If Brown City played 11-player football, I don't know if they make the playoffs. They're a good team, but I don't know if they make the playoffs. They're in the Final Four in eight-player football. You can't tell me that's not a good move. Moving on to Division 8 of 11 player, because I completely agree there, Paul, with you as well. We have Fowler and Ubley. You heard their, the experts picking already. That begins in about 35 minutes. Evert and Iron Mountain. Evert, Evert? I think it's Evert, I believe. Evert. Well, one of the two is playing Iron Mountain in Iron Mountain. That game started uh, about 20 minutes ago at 12 noon, although that could be the central time zone. That's so far away. But frankly, <laughs> now up in Mountaineer Stadium, Evert just one blemish on their record, losing to Beale City at home 26-21, averaging 40 points per game. Iron Mountain only lost came back in week number one when they lost to Nagani, 19-14. Nagani is still alive in Division 6. This should be Iron Mountain. Yeah, Iron Mountain, that's a quality loss. Nugani's a very good team. Uh, just for the sake of our own sanity, I'm cheering for Evert, Evert, whatever the way. I'll learn how to pronounce it if they win. I can guarantee you that. So I'm, I'm fingers crossed that we don't have to make that trek across the bridge. Yeah, I, I think uh, you better pack your bags, boys. I think we're going north. Just the question is how far. Iron Mountain, I think, is uh, going to take care of business here today. But, again, we're all we're all big Evert fans this week. Uh, how about this? We can settle with the Wildcats, right? We're rooting for the Wildcats today. <laughs> yes. And the other side of the bracket has already been decided. It's Ottawa Lake Whiteford against Clarkson Everest. That that game, of course, a neutral site somewhere down in the lower portions of Michigan. White Pigeon lost to Ottawa Lake Whiteford 38-26. to It was uh, Whiteford trailing 8 nothing at the end of the first. White Pigeon came out quickly, and then Whiteford came back in the second quarter with a vengeance. 24 points in the second alone to lead 24-14 at half. They extended by another 8 points in the third for a total victory of 12 points, 38-26 to over White Pigeon. And then Parkway Christian of Sterling Heights against Clarkson Everest, and it was Everest all night, 30-6. to Parkway scored his touchdown in the first quarter, nothing after that. A 24-point victory for Clarkson Everest. So Whiteford, I, I, Whiteford, Whiteford, did they win the state championship last year? I can't remember. Uh, no, Hudson no, won Hudson, the state, Hudson, Hudson won yes, the state championship. They beat Whiteford last yeah, year. Yeah, they beat Whiteford. Um, I've, I've been saying pretty early in the year and pretty consistently, I, I believe Whiteford is the uh, number two team in the state behind Ubley. Um, and I, I think those two are on a collision course. Um, Clarkson Everest, Parkway Christian, you know, there there's about a half a dozen teams on this side of the bracket that would have beat those teams. Um, so it, it, Whiteford's got a pretty clear path to that final. Ubley's definitely going to have the, 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 the tougher path, but not surprised by those scores at all. Yeah, again, though, we've been talking about this for weeks. It's really been Ottawa Lake, Whiteford, Ubley, and everybody else. So uh, it's just kind of 
working itself out that way. I mean, Iron Mountain, I guess, you, could you be know a what, little tougher. You know what stands but. out to me in that in that Whiteford game is uh, 26 points by White Pigeon. I mean, that's that's over half the points that Ubley's given up all year, and Whiteford gave that up in one game. Now, that's not to discount White Pigeon, but, uh, you know. Yeah, 12 it, that it, did come to, in the fourth quarter. But to me, game, you know, but. it just it, it, it does stand out. In all of our research on White Pigeon, which comes from 2007, White Pigeon is still a golf school. But <laughs> yes. all right, moving on. Agreed. Division 7, our other area team, the Ellington Pigeon Bayport Lakers, saw their season come to an end tonight, last night in a very hard font battle that they can be very proud of against New Lothrop. They lost to the Hornets 29-20 to in a game that uh, it was 14-0 New Lothrop in the first quarter. But then here come the Lakers, and they scored 20 points in the second and third quarter to almost take the lead. They were trailing just by two points. Paul Adams, you were at that game. Yeah, that was a fantastic game. And the reason that they were down by two is they went for two. They are, they're a kicking team, um, but the differential was 22 uh, to 20 at that point. So they elected to go for two and uh, go for the tie, which is smart football. Um, I would have done the same thing. It was a fantastic game. Uh, opening drive really kind of set the tone of the game and showed, showed you that Lakers was in this game. They went all the way down the field, a very questionable very, very questionable because it happened right in front of me. A uh, fumble call on Ethan Wisner, which I don't believe was a fumble. And there's no question in my mind, Lakers is going to go down and score on the opening possession. If that happens, that changes the complexion of that entire game. New Lothrop has to change their game plan, and it changes things for, for Lakers. But with that aside, they were down 22-7. to They came all the, way, all the way back. They gave themselves a chance. Um, they were banged up. Um, Luke, Luke Braun had a... Um, knee injury last night, but he came back, and uh, it, it was just a fantastic, hard-nosed effort from that Laker team. Like I said, New Lothrop is, uh, has been a powerhouse the last few years, so that to go into their house and push them to the limits I thought was quite impressive. Again, O'Connor McCain, just another weapon they don't have on the offensive side. It was an Ethan Wisner heavy game, and it, even though you know it's coming, he's tough to stop. So exactly. it was, a, it was a, a heck of a good season for the Lakers. Exactly. And, of course, the winner of the new Lothar will now go on to play the winner of Ithaca and Traverse City St. Francis. That game happening today at 1 o'clock at Thurby Field. St. Francis 11-0 in the season has 56, almost 57 playoff points. And I think it's St. Francis' uh, division it, it, to win. It, it, division 7 is uh, St. Francis and everybody else, most likely. All right, it's time for a short break. We are about 27 minutes away from kicking things off in the regional championship in the Division 8 MHSA playoffs. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network, Fowler at Ubley. LW Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. It's a whole crew here today. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Dan Banke, Kendall Anthus, and Ed Klump with your call today from Herp Field in Ubley, Michigan. Their opponent tonight and today, the Fowler Eagles. You might not think that an opponent that is over two and a half hours away would have much in common with the Ubley Bearcats, but that's exactly what you get with the Fowler Eagles. Two small towns nestled along the endless farm fields of Michigan with a combined population of just 2,000 people between Ubley and Fowler combined. But when it comes to football, things get very serious very quickly. The Fowler Eagles have made it to the postseason 36 times, but that's just two years less than the most playoff runs in the entire state of Michigan. 
On top of that, Fowler has brought home the top prize in high school football on four separate occasions. Yeah, you have Sweeney and Ubley, you have Spicer and Fowler, right? So John Spicer's been the head coach. It's his fourth season now. He graduated from Fowler in 1997. He has won 34 games, only lost 10, winning 77% of his time. He has been on the staff for a long time. He joined the staff in 2009. He did take a two-year hiatus to join the DeWitt staff, but came back to be the head coach has made the playoffs all four years since he's taken over regional champs in 2019 and he and he uh had some family history here his uncle steve spicer was the head coach in fowler for 25 years won 201 games only lost 49 won 80 percent of his games and to his record 12 league championships two state championships went to the silver dome four times and needless to say is a Hall of Famer. And the field's named after him as well. That's even better, yes. He totally deserved it. Rich family history there of football. And the Fowler Eagles have a very capable quarterback to lead their offense, and he's just in his second year of high school. Jacob Hoffman has thrown for over 1,300 yards this season, has rushed for another 550. Altogether, he has had his hands in 19 touchdowns, whether it be through the air or on the ground. You'll likely find him in the shotgun formation this afternoon. Yeah, the offense runs through him. It's going to sound a little bit like last week. The quarterback is the key to this team. He averages about 15 passes a game. He runs the ball about seven, so he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. As Clark said, 1,900 yards. He's got 19 touchdowns between passing and rushing. But he averages 14 yards of completion, and when he takes off with the ball, he averages seven yards of carry. Now, he hasn't played an ugly defense like this, but he has a big play waiting to happen. But that's not the only threat that the Eagles have in their artillery. When you're averaging 32 points per game, that is typically the sign of a strong running game. Junior running back Nolan Stump leads the Fowler program this season with over 1,000 yards and averages a little over six yards every time he carries the ball. In addition to 1,300 passing yards, Fowler has run the ball for 2,500 yards with Stump and Hoffman recounting for just over half. Yes, you can see the offense, right? Shotgun formation with Hoffman and and Stump with him in the backfield. 175 carries, just over 1,000 yards, 14 touchdowns on the year. And their change of of pace back would be Zach Hoffman, a junior. Um, He plays a little bit out of the slot. He's at another uh, just about 300 yards and six TDs to his name as well. Fowler likes to operate out of the spread formation, typically with three receivers wide and a wingback tucked behind one of the guards, while Stump and Hoffman hold down the backfield in the shotgun. The sophomore quarterback likes to air things out, and he has distributed the ball quite well so far this season. Three different receivers have brought in at least two touchdowns in 2022. That's right, and Zach Hoffman, as we just talked about, is one of them. He will take some carries from that slot position, and then he will work down the field as well. A chain mover, he's caught 22 passes, 400 yards, a couple touchdowns. Carter Lance and Ben Cohagen are the other two wide receivers, both underclassmen. Uh, six TDs between the two of them. And so, like I said, if you look back at that tape last week, Fowler basically won this game because they could move the ball through the air against Beale City. The running game just wasn't there, and game script just didn't work out their way. So I I have a feeling it's going to go that way as well. If the Ubley Bearcats could take an early lead, they may have to lean on their passing game more so this time than ever. Defensively, Fowler has given up an average of just 10.7 points per game, all because of their defensive line and linebackers. Yeah, and they've been very impressive. 28 tackles for loss, 26 sacks to go with that number this season. That's a lot of tackles for loss. Now, I don't expect them to get any sacks tonight, but if they can, again, slow down the running game, maintain the gaps, force Ubley to use all four downs and a lot of clock to score, that's your best chance of stopping them. But as we saw last week, if you're not maintaining all the gaps, they can run for almost 500 yards on you in a hurry. 
Keep it locked on to your home for high school football. Up next, we'll shift our attention to Fowler's host and opponent this afternoon, the Ugly Bearcats. It's all in your home for the postseason, the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Anchor Valley Services. It's the regional championship, and you're listening to the WLW Sports Network with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Dan Benke, Kendall Anthos, and Ed Klump from Ubley, Michigan. For the fourth straight season, the Ubley Bearcats have made it to the at least the regional championship game in football. Making the playoffs can do a lot for a football program, not only for morale, but also for development. Since 2019, the extended playoff runs for Ubley have amounted to an extra 17 weeks of practice that have helped mold the program to what it is today. Leading the charge for the last three years has been head coach Eric Sweeney. Yeah, Eric Sweeney's done a great job in his, through his first three years, 32-4, and four, winning 88% of his games. Compare that to Coach Bill Sweeney and his first three seasons when he took over. Uh, no slack there, won, won a district and won a regional title. Eric Sweeney has won all three districts he's coached in and all three regionals he's coached in so far. And uh, put in perspective, Bill Sweeney's a Hall of Famer. And uh, so it's a good start for Eric Sweeney as well. Ever since Eric Sweeney took over the helm of the LB program, he's had just one starting quarterback, Evan Prusky, who's still a junior. Aside from not starting one game this season to rest the starters, Prusky is making his 35th start of his varsity quarterback career, and I still don't think we've seen the junior play caller reach his ceiling of abilities quite yet. No, and unfortunately... Lack of competition is the biggest thing. They have just dominated everybody, and so they've, they've kept him under wraps. He is absolutely – he might be their best playmaker. Uh, you can see everything is down. He had 118 carries for 1,000 yards last year, 57 carries for 800 yards this year. He threw the ball 38 times last year, completing 55% of his passes for 540 yards. This time he's only attempted 19 passes this year, completing 73% of those for just under 300 yards and five TDs. So uh, you can see fundamentally he is improving, but they haven't needed him. And this is the time of the year where you unleash your final weapon on this offense, which is uh, your junior three-year starting quarterback, Evan Bruski. Last week against MLS, we saw quite the spectacle of the ugly running attack. Altogether, ugly rushed the ball for 458 yards and seven touchdowns, an average of over 11 yards per carry. Mark Heilig lead the way last week, and is as he has all season. Yeah, and to, to be totally fair, uh, the starters didn't play the fourth quarter. They, they could have ran six, 700 yards if they wanted to or needed to. Uh, that's just – MLS had no answer for him. But this offense, the running game starts with Mark Heilig. He is the guy that you have to key in on his opposing defense. He's got 97 carries, 1,100 yards, 25 touchdowns. He had 13 carries last week for just under 200 yards and five TDs. He averages over 11 yards every time he touches the ball. But other guys that have really stepped up, and for me, the uh, – a guy that's really filled a big need is Aiden Makoviak, known for his tackling and his linebacking play. But on offense, he has become their fullback, a big-time blocker, and he has rewarded them with some carries up the middle. He's got just under 800 yards and 10 touchdowns, and your change of pace back is Seth Maurer, another underclassman who will have a bigger role next year, but just 58 carries, but has found his way to 600 yards and 11 touchdowns, and he averages 10 yards a carry as well. 
In the playoffs so far, Ubley hasn't even attempted a pass. In fact, since mid-September, the Bearcats have only attempted a total of 12 passes, completing 8 of them for 167 yards and 2 scores. But don't think that that portion of the game isn't a threat for the Bearcats. Much like the wing tee, Ubley will lull defenses into a daze before striking with the pass ball. Yeah, and obviously Mark Heilig is a very important pass catcher out of the backfield, but it's Luke Vollmering that plays on the end. He's the backup quarterback if they need him. I think that makes a big difference when it comes to the passing game, but he's just 5'11", 170-pound sophomore. He's caught eight passes of those completions, eight of have gone to Luke Vollmering, 150 yards, four touchdowns, averages 19 yards a catch. He's really been the star in the passing game from the tight end position. He's a little undersized, but very athletic, is a mismatch for most linebackers. And then Mark Hyland has a touchdown reception on his three catches. Otherwise, Caden Ozentoski, Chris Oswald, and Seth Maurer each have one catch. That's it for the passing game. On the defensive side of the ball, the Elba Bearcats have begun creeping into conversations about some of the elite defenses over the years in the town of Michigan. The Bearcats are allowing 6.3 points per game, with most of those coming late in the fourth quarter with the JV players going up against the opposing team's starting lineup. Yeah, and you have to make note of that. They they have no reason to play their starters a lot of games, and through through the district championship, that was exactly the same. Their starters did not play in the fourth quarter. Aiden Makoviak, again, is their tackling machine, right? 61 tackles, 31 assists on the season. He is just surrounds the football, has a great eye for it, is everywhere. Candon Peruski, another guy that has really improved from last year this year, 54 tackles, uh, has recovered a fumble. This team defense has 10 fumble recoveries and has seven interceptions, and they even took one of those picks to the house. We are 12 minutes away from kicking things off for the regional championship. Keep it locked down your home for high school football. Up next, we'll do our direct comparison look between the Ubley Bearcats and the Fowler Eagles. It's on your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network. As the crow flies, 103 miles separate Fowler and Ubley High Schools. For those making the long and winding journey across the lower peninsula of Michigan, it's a two-and-a-half-hour trip with about 15 turns up 127 across M57 through Chesney and then Saginaw before heading east on M81 into the Thumb. In regards to school size, we have the 7th and ninth small schools in Division 8 of the playoffs. Ubley is the larger school once again this game with 192 students, Fowler at 183. So by going by student enrollment, it's Ubley by nine students. This is the, four, the first time that Fowler and Ubley have met on the gridiron. In fact, this is the first time that Fowler has ever played a Greater Thumb Conference team. As you'd expect at this point in the playoffs, both teams are highly productive on the offensive side of the ball. Ubley is averaging 49.2 per game, the best in the conference. The Bearcats have scored at least six scores in every single game this season and an average of 55 points in the last three weeks alone. Fowler is posting an average of 32 points per game, so on offense, it's Ubley by 17.2 points. On the defensive side of the ball, both Ubley and Fowler are in the upper echelon of defenses. The Eagles of Fowler are allowing just 10.7 per game. Nine of Fowler's 11 games, the Eagles have allowed just two touchdowns or less, including three shutouts. The Ubley Bearcats allowed 14 points last week. They're worst showing on defense since September 9th when they gave up two scores to Marlette. Regardless, though, Ubley has given up just 70 points this entire season, an average of just 3.6 per game. So on the defensive side of the ball, it's Ubley by 7.1. 
Las Vegas has set their line for the game. They're confident in that line unless it's wrong. Our colleagues at the Ohio State University and Gretchen Whitmer Sports in fixing the damn roads wagering departments that are factoring in all possibilities. Stats, injury, weather, and location. This Redford today's game sits at ugly 26 and a half points. Today is the 316th day of the year, meaning just 49 days until 2023 rolls around. We'd like to say hello to all of our listeners tuning in today. Whether you're on your way to the game, out running errands, perhaps you're back home in Fowler and tuned in to today's game, which leads me to this week's trivia question about Fowler, Michigan. All right, Dave Hansen, two questions for you today. All right, let's do it. Fowler is located in Clinton County, which is northwest of Lansing, just west of St. John's, Michigan, which is the mint capital of the world. But Fowler is actually the third name for the village of Fowler. What was the original name of Fowler, Michigan? <laughs> uh, this is the third name, Fowler? Third name, yes. I, I don't have a clue. Phil, tell me. What Dallas. Is it? Dallas, Dallas, really? In 1867, a railway station was named Dallas, along with a hotel, post office, and a few other buildings. They were all moved about three-quarters of a mile to a property owned by John Fowler, less swampy. Fowler named the establishment Isabella. John Fowler did. Called it Isabella. One of the buildings relocated, though, was a local establishment known as the Fowler House. And to the likings of the locals, the village was renamed Fowler three years later in 1870. Much like Fowler, Ubley has had multiple names as well. Before Ubley, it was Paget's Corner. And before that, it was first known as Sidon. Dave, my simple question to you is, why? Why was it called Sidon? Uh, We've talked about this before, but why Sidon? Uh, and you know what? Uh, that was uh, many years ago. I do not remember. So I, you have to fill me in there, too. Well, the original goes into the Bible. Way back in the first century, the town of Sidon was located just north of Tyre, a little north of Galilee, along the shores of the Mediterranean, what is now Lebanon. Much like Ubley, of course, which is located just north of Tyre, Michigan, so hence the name Sidon, Michigan, which was later changed to Paget's Corner and then Ubley, Michigan. And speaking of a biblical run to the Coliseum of Ford Field, Dave, what are your three keys to today's game? Uh, well, it's going to sound very similar to last week because it is. They're facing a similar opponent. For Ubley, it's establish a running game, establish dominance in the trenches, right, and play your brand of football. On the other side of things, you know, for it stopped the athletic quarterback exactly like last week. They have an athletic quarterback out of the shotgun. They're going to try to trick you with options, jet sweeps, uh, read options, quick passes. They're going to do all these types of things to throw the elbow defense off. Just play your game. Keep the ball in front of you. If Fowler can't keep up with you, and I don't think they have the tools down there to stop the ball. And on the other side, they can't make mistakes, even if it's on special teams, right? They gave up their first, first half touchdown in a long time because they gave up a mammoth kick return. It's those little things that they got to continue to clean up. They already don't make penalties, don't turn the ball over. But you, you can't allow the big play. That's what Fowler needs. That's what they utilized against Beale City last week was the emotional big play. So if you can contain those and make Fowler play an ugly style football, they won't have a chance. And now we listen into the PA announcer here, the best of the business of PA announcing, Rick Glassip, as we have the ugly marching band on the field on the track with our national anthem, the Star Swingled Banner. Placing your hand over your heart. We now join the Ubley High School Marching Band under the direction of Mrs. Jennifer Nickel as we pay tribute to our country with a performance of the Star Spangled Banner. Thank you. 
weather conditions in Alpine, Michigan are 39 degrees with cloudy skies. They're calling for a 10% chance of snow this afternoon. Winds are out of the west south or west northwest at 9 miles, gusting up to 12. Visibility at 10 miles. Barometric pressure is at 29.83 inches in rising. The dew point is at 29 degrees. It's at feels like it's 33 degrees out, and the humidity is at 68%. Sunset is at 5:09 today, which is about about well, well, 20 minutes, I would say. We're currently in a waning gibbous moon phase, so I think it's safe to say it is a beautiful day for football. November 12th, 2022, we have 9 hours and 46 minutes of daylight. We've lost 19 minutes since last week's broadcast, despite that thing called daylight saving time for a total loss of 3 hours and 42 minutes this season. Fowler won the toss, elected to defer to the second half, so Obley will start out on offense. Your officials today, your referee in the white cap is Dave Layton. Umpire, Gene Davis. Headlinesman, Mike Henry. Line judge, Frank Marr. And your back judge is Adam Leyland. Let's take you through the starting lineup for the Ubley Bearcats at center. Cameron Ferris, your senior, 6'3", 200-pound senior for Cameron Ferris. At his left, his left guard, Kendon Bruski, a junior, 5'10", 185 pounds, number 64. Left tackle, number 76, Mitchell Foote, 6'3", 250, junior. Right guard, Parker Peruski, Logan Vollmering, and Luke Vollmering on your right side. Chris Oswald, your tight end on the left side. Evan Bruski, a quarterback, a junior. In your backfield in the straight tee, Seth Maurer, Aiden Makoviak, and Mark Heilig. Kicking things off for the Fowler Eagles would be number five, Carter Lance, a wide receiver as well as cornerback, 5'11", 175-pound junior. Deep back for the Bearcats, number 27, Mark Heilig, as well as Evan Bruski, starting quarterback. Before the Bearcats in their home, black uniforms, orange number, white outline, black helmets with a black face mask. Fowler in their all-whites, blue stripes down the side, navy helmet with a white face mask and a white stripe right down the middle. And the kick rolls into the 23-yard line, brought in by Mark Heiley. He's across the 30-yard line, lowers his shoulder, and drags the defender with him all the way across the 35 and finally brought down close to the 38-yard line. Finally brought down by Tristan Smith, outside linebacker on defense. And it's going to be first and 10 for the LB Bearcats at their own 39-yard line. Yeah, this is a, this game, this series is going to show us a lot about Fowler right now because we saw last week that MLS defense had no idea where the football was and probably executing their fakes, one at the line of scrimmage, and just big run after big run. We'll see if Fowler's defense is up to the task right here, right now, as this game gets underway. First and 10, left right across your radio from the 39 of Ubley's own territory. 0-0, 11.54 on the clock. And it's a handoff to Mark Heilig trying to find a lead blocker there on the left side of the line. Gets out across the 40, out to the 42 for a hard-fought three yards. Tristan Smith as well as Nolan Stump, both out of the linebacking core, bringing him down for a, a modest gain of three yards. Second down and seven. Yeah, exactly what the wing tee was built to do, right? Slow, methodical, three yards at a time. Use the clock, wear down defenses, and hope to get that big play sooner rather than later. Last week, it was soon and often. Nice stop by Fowler on first down. Same formation. Evan Bruski surveying the defense in the prairie in front of him. From the 42, bad snap, and he has he jumped on it, and he's still on his feet. Miraculously, I think his knee was actually down. It's going to be a loss of a yard when all said and done at the 41-yard line. Tackle made by Cooper's cut his neck. A defensive tackle, 6'190 pounds, senior for the Fowler Eagles. Third down, eight yards to go. Yeah, you know, it's been like playing it summertime weather this year. I, you know, first time it's cold out, and maybe that ball didn't quite get to him, but it definitely a mis-exchange there from center to veteran quarterback Evan Peruski, but fortunately he plays basketball. I think bounced right back up to him. Could have been a disaster for the Bearcats on the first series, but 
This will be one of their toughest scenarios we've seen. Third down and eight for the Bearcats. And it's going to be a quarterback keeper on the left side. Evan Brucey trying to find the corner. He does. He has the first down. He's across midfield into Fowler territory, the 40. Cuts back up field to the 30. And is going to be dragged forward all the way down inside the 25. Tracking him down was the safety, Jacob Hoffman, a sophomore. And this is going to be a big gain from the 41 of Ubley's own territory all the way down to the 23. Move the chains. Conversion on third down. So that's usually the play that Ubley lures you in with those attacking up the middle with all three running backs, but they had to go to an option uh, to get some speed and, and get a big first down in this game. And Tristan Smith is the defensive end. He's the outside linebacker, defensive end, whatever you want to call him. He's there. He collapsed on the running game. He collapsed in, and as soon as he did, that gave Evan Peruski all the room he needed to get to the sideline, and then it's a sprint and a big game for the Bearcats. Back to the tee at the Fowler 23-yard line. Mark Heiley gets the handoff, and he lowers his shoulder across and fights for out across, gains the 20-yard line down to the 19 before he stopped over a four-yard gain brought down by Nolan Stump, linebacker junior for the Fowler Eagles. Second down, six to go for the Ubley Bearcats in the red zone. Yep, so a little tougher sledding for, uh, especially starting with Mark Heilig this week. Evan Prusky barely was used last week uh, already with a big gain. Mark Heilig probably had about 60 yards rushing at this point in the game. So, <laughs> again, you can see Fowler has come in with a little bit more of that thumb mentality, understanding how they play football. That's Fowler is essentially a thumb-style team and have done a pretty good job against the T so far. 9.34, and it's a handout to Seth Bauer. Yeah. Breaks out of two tackles. He's into the end zone. Touchdown, Ubley. Yeah. Seth Maurer breaks out of his tackle at about the 15-yard line and drags and clears out of the distance. And he's into the end zone from 19 yards out. And the Ubley Bearcats strike first with 9.18 remaining in the first quarter. It's Ubley 6. Fowler nothing with 9.18 remaining in the first quarter still. And again, Fowler was in the right position. Played okay defense there. You, but you got to wrap up the tackler. Two broken tackles. Seth Maurer just shakes him off and goes right up the middle for a touchdown. And the PAT is good from Brett Mueller, and it's 7-0, just like that. Two minutes and 42 seconds into the ballgame. 7-0, Ubley leading Fowler on the WLW Sports Network. Five plays, two minutes and 42 seconds off the clock. One first down, one for one on third down, and capped off with a Seth Maurer 19-yard run. PAT from Mueller makes it 7-0. I'll be leading the Fowler Eagles. Now we check in with Ed Klump on the sidelines. Down here on the sidelines, it was interesting. They After that fumble, they finally had to call Peruski's number. Didn't really have to, but they finally decided to call Peruski's numbers. Worked to a T. Everyone got incredibly excited on the, on the sidelines over here. Things are going Ubley's way again. I think Evan Bruski may have forgotten his own number on top of it. It's been so long. Brett Mueller's kick comes into the end zone, and they're going to go for the automatic touchback as he brought it in in the end zone. So that is going to start Fowler out on their own 20-yard line as the Ubley Bearcats lead 7-0, 9-18 remaining in the first quarter on the regional championship in Division 8. Yeah, again, he's a, Brett Mueller is just a weapon. We talk about it as much as anybody because he is. On special teams, he's a difference maker, right? I mean... The ability to tack on almost automatically that extra point. Field position, he changes the fields so quickly, especially after a score. just makes it that much tougher for opposing defenses. And, uh, yeah, he's he's been great for this team and really an unsung hero. Tristan Smith out wide, shotgun formation, spread offense for Fowler, and they try to go right in the teeth of that ugly defense, and they learn their lessons quickly. 
No gain on that one. Leading the charge on the ugly defense was Logan Vollmering as well as Parker Peruski, defensive tackle. No gain to the play for the running back, Nolan Stump. Second down and set. Yeah, feeling out play there for, for Fowler, right? Just a no read option, nothing. Just a standard two receivers to the left or to the right, one to the left, a running back in the backfield, and just a, a handoff right up the middle, and Ubley just collapsed on the football, nowhere to go, and no gain for Fowler on first down. Three wide to the right, one to the left, looking to his right to pass. The sophomore quarterback pump fakes, and he's going to be brought down for the sack in the backfield. Way back at the 14-yard line, Mitchell Foote got his way into the backfield and took advantage of the delay from the sophomore quarterback, Hoffman, and brings him down for a five-yard loss on the sack way back at the 15-yard line. Third down, 15 to go. Yeah, so Hoffman, uh, he's got to find somebody to get rid of the football, too. He looked right. He had multiple receivers over, didn't like what he saw. What I did like is he pump faked. It got two Bearcat defenders to go flying by. Mitchell Foote was the third one, didn't buy it, and made the sack. If Hoffman wants to survive back there in the passing game, he's got to get rid of the football, and if there's nobody there, he's got to take off and get what he can. Coming out, and the three wide to the left, looking to his left, right down the middle of the defense, and in between the hash marks, lets us fly in this way, well overthrowing. Pass was intended for number seven, Tristan Smith. And falls incomplete, fourth down, 15. Fowler more than likely have to punt this one away. Yeah, when it's third down and that long, Ubley can do what they want. They can blitz. They can play a prevent style with a bunch of defensive backs everywhere. They can press the wide receiver, not allow him off the line of scrimmage. And that's kind of what Ubley does, a mixture of that. They, they press the slot receiver. Everybody else is playing 10 yards back and trying to read the quarterback. There was just nobody there. Bad thing is, is Hoffman threw it into the one double team that Ubley had. So easily incompletion, and the Ubley defense does what it does every time and forces a three and out punt. John Ruiz's punt from the 15 yard line all gets all the way to about the 47 yard line before it's brought down. And Ubley will start out on the plus side of the field with 7.51 remaining in the first quarter. Fowler starts out with a three and out punt and Ubley back on the board with a seven nothing lead. Yeah, it's just been the theme of this season, right? Ubley gets on the board first, defense makes a stop, Ubley scores again, right? So for Fowler, if they have any chance to stay in this game, and I know it's the first quarter, they cannot allow another easy touchdown by the Bearcats. You do not want to be down 14 nothing to this offense. They just wear you down if needed, and they're a big play waiting to happen. From the 46-yard line, according to the spot, Evan Bruski calls his own number around the right side. Has positive yards across the 40, down to the 30, down to the 20. And no one in front of him, Evan Bruski into the end zone from 46 yards out on the very first play of the drive. Evan Bruski tacks on the second score for the Bearcats this afternoon. And just like that, it's a two-possession lead. 13-0, 7.41 left in the third, excuse me, not the third quarter, the first quarter. That was, it was great. It was a big play that they used on the first series, right? The quarterback keeper on third down and eight. He sells two fakes and keeps it around the outside. This time they go to it he right away to the wide side of the field. The ball was on the left hash. He kept it around to the right side, and once he got to the sideline, everybody up here stood up. He's gone, and nobody was going to catch him. And a huge play for the Bearcats. And just like that, they're up two scores. And Peruski punches in the score. Brett Mueller punches in the PAT, and it's now 14-0. 7.41 left in the first quarter of the W. At LW Sports Network, 14 ugly, Fowler 0. One play, 46 yards later, and just 10 seconds off the clock. 
Evan Bruski punches in the second score for the Illinois Bearcats. They now lead 14-0, 7.41 left in the first quarter for the follow Eagles. Do you think the Bearcats get tired of this? I mean, just <laughs> nonstop scoring, defense makes stops. I mean, they got to be loving it. This team is playing well. They may not be the most talented, the fastest, the biggest, but this team, they play solid, they play hard, and they just don't make mistakes. Ben Cohagen brings in the kick from Brett Mueller at the three-yard line, gets all the way out to the 22-yard line. Tackle made by number 23, Aiden Makoviak, senior linebacker on defense, two-way, three-way starter for the ugly defense and offense. First and 10 for the Fowler Eagles, trailing by 14 points, 7.36 left in the first quarter at the 23, 22-yard line. Yeah, you don't want to start sounding desperate, but for Fowler, this is a must-have series. They have to at least showcase that they can move the ball against this defense. First series, they lost yardage after three plays. This time, we'll see what they can come up with. Jacob Hoffman on the quarterback keeper around the left side. Gets out across the 30 for some positive yards. Out to the 32-yard line. Excuse me, this drive started at the 27. So it's a five-yard gain on the quarterback keeper. Second down, five to go on a read option from Jake Hoffman. Exactly exactly right, guys. Read option it was. And I'll be bit on it a little bit. They... they believe that Stump was going to get the football and uh, that allowed the quarterback uh, Hoffman to kind of slide out to his left and with there being a little bit of space he was able to plant his foot, cut back up the middle and get four or five yards on first down. Can tighten things up. Everyone in between the tackles and it's going to be a handoff to Nolan Stump and he's going to be upended by Evan Peruski after about a yard gain out to the 33 yard line. Well short of the yard to gain by four yards. Third down and four. Upcoming is Ubley's defense. Not fooled in that one. Yeah, you see Hoffman sell out a, a bootleg to the left, and everybody else, you see the guard center, everybody pulls around the right side, and it looked like there was a whole army of blockers, but Nolan Stump wasn't able to follow him. He tried to cut up the middle, and that's where Evan Peruski was to chop him down. I think if Stump would have kept to the outside, I think he'd have had some more running room, but when he cut it up the middle, that's right where Evan Peruski was, and again, another sure-handed tackler out of the secondary, chops him down for very little gain. Two wide to the right, one to the left, out of the shotgun. Hoffman throws downfield immediately. This one's overthrown. Carter lands fully extended, and this one went over his head. And incomplete on the third down. Brings up a fourth down and four deep in their own ter territory, their own 33. Yeah, with read option working so well on first down, I, I'm shocked you didn't see it at least one more time in the next two plays. But so far, that time Hoffman had time to throw. He stepped in, planted, surveyed the right side, picked who he wanted to throw it to, but now both throws have been severely high. Four, five, six yards in the air, no chance for a completion. Uh, rushing it just a little bit, and that's going to bring on the punt team. And John Ruiz's punt looks like a good chip shot at best, and that one goes out of bounds. This side of the 40-yard line very well could be close to midfield. They're going to say put him down to the 43-yard line of Ubley. So after another three-and-out punt for the Fowler Eagles, both times three-and-out punts for Fowler to start this game. Other Bearcats back at the board. On the field with a 14-0 lead, six minutes left in the first quarter still. Oh, that is just a horrible spot. I <laughs> I don't know how to say it just nicely, but uh, it's a good thing Hubley's uh, feeling very good about their game plan at 14-0 because uh, that ball was landed at the 40-yard line and was almost on the track. So, uh, yeah, a, a very generous spot there for Fowler. Uh, I would have thought midfield as well is kind of what we were thinking. But anyways, nonetheless, the Hubley defense, again, forces three and out, and the offense comes back on the field in great field position, already up 14 to nothing. Quarterback keeper for Evan Bruce is across midfield field and he's going to be tripped up at the 45 and falls forward all the way down to the Fowler 40-yard line. Tripped up by a last-second shoestring tackle. Jacob Hoffman brings him down, but not until after a 17-yard pickup all the way to the Fowler 40-yard line. Same exact play. The very typical Bill Sweeney move. The Obley Bearcats love to do it, right? If they have a big play, 
don't be surprised if they run it back-to-back, right again, right at you, and they do it again. And, and if it wasn't for Hoffman, he would have scored, Prusky would have scored yet again. Working off the right hash of the Fowler 40-yard line, quarterback keeper to the left side for Evan Prusky. He has room to run on down to the 35, runs out of one tackle and runs cautiously and safely out of bounds at the 29-yard line for just a modest 11-yard gain. Move the chains once again for Bruski and the Bearcats. 5.34 left in the first quarter. 14-0 leading Fowler. And now we're big Aiden McCoviak guys in this booth, right? But did you watch him out there blocking that? And that linebacker, I think, got hit twice. Knocked down the first time, hops back up, knocked down again. I think Evan Bruski just kind of was watching and laughing because he ran by. Is it just that linebacker getting completely eliminated on the play by Aiden McCoviak as, as uh, Bruski then just kind of coasts past that first down marker and goes harmlessly out of bounds, but um, it's almost hilarious. It's the same play three times in a row, and the worst game they've gotten is 11 yards. 5.34 left in the first quarter, and it's going to be a handoff to Seth Maurer, and he's met by an infantry of white jerseys, but he gets out still to the 26-yard line, leading the charge. Carson Stillman, excuse me, Stillman, a defensive end senior for the Fowler Eagles. Three-yard game down to the third, excuse me, the 26-yard line, second down, seven to go for the Ole Bearcats. So you can kind of see, or at least figure it out just by listening in, the Bearcats are attacking the outside. You can see Fowler has committed. We are not going to let Mark Heilig beat us. We are going to stuff the middle and force somebody else to beat us because statistically, if you read the books, Evan Bruski hasn't done a whole lot. So you see a whole bunch of these guys fill the middle. You just allow those backs to block the edge and Peruski to, to utilize that open space. It's a wing tee to the left and it's a handoff to Mark Heilig. Gets out across the 25, down to the 23-yard line before he's met by Evan Curtis, defensive end, 6'4", 215-pound junior. Gain of two, maybe three on the play. Third down and four upcoming for the Bearcats at the Fowler 23-yard line. As you can see, Obli changing formations a little bit. They take one of those wing tee backs and make it a wing tee to the left where the third back is covering up the tight end just to try to help seal off the edge. But then they usually they attack just inside the tackle. They did there, and Fowler does a nice job of not being fooled by the change of scenery in the backfield and keeps Heilig negated to a couple yards. Obli's second third down of the day. Rolling to his right, looking to pass downfield wide open is Luke Bowman brought in the 10-yard line and tackled toward forward to the five brought down by Jacob Hoffman from the 23 down to the 5 an 18 yard reception into the hands of the sophomore tight end Luke Ballmering brings in the pass their first pass in over three weeks for the Ubley Bearcats and moves the chains first and goal to go from the 5 and if this was second down Ubley scores a touchdown why because Seth Maurer comes from the left side and is standing in the middle of the end zone with nobody 20 yards away from completely gets behind the defense but I give credit to that veteran quarterback he throws it to another wide open receiver's favorite target Luke Vollmering down the sideline ensures a first down a big game nonetheless and it's first and goal for the Bearcats. From the five yard line hand up to Mark Heilig breaks out of two tackles into the end zone untouched then and it's another touchdown for the ugly Bearcats with 3.39 left in the first quarter. It is now 20-0 over the Fowler Eagles in the regional championship early here in the first quarter. 3.39 remains in the first and ugly tags on their third score of the day. It almost seems too easy, but again, these defenses, just the weapons are there, and the Ugly Bearcats understand what they're trying to do. They understand where the leverage is, and those running backs do not go down easy. Peruski included in that. And the PAT was close, but it's good. From Brett Mueller, 3 for 3 on the day. It's now 21-0. Ubley over Fowler with 3.39 still remaining in the first quarter on the WFLW Sports Network.
quarter, and it's 21-0. Ugly leading the Fowler Eagles. And now we throw it down to the sideline with Kendall Anthus. Touchdown. Mark Heilig was absolutely not even coming close to being touched right there. I mean, Probably could have drove a semi through the hole. I think you could have even carried the ball through that hole. Most there, definitely, yes. and I'm pretty slow. Oh, all right. Kendall Anthus, our on-field producer, and helping out Ed Clump on the sidelines oh, as there's a fumble on the play on the kickoff that comes out to about the 23-yard line on the tackle. As you can tell, Skyler Smith, the sophomore for the LB Bearcats, forces the fumble. And it's scooped up by that front line for the LB defense. Who else, Clark? Aiden McCoviak. Of course it was Aiden McCoviak. And now the LB Bearcats are back on the field at the Fowler 21-yard line. And the hands are on the hips of the Fowler Eagles. Yeah, they, they still don't know what hit them. They've been watching this tape, trying to figure out how they're going to stop them. And now that they're here in person, it's just like the tape looks. This is just the way the LB Bearcats operate this season. They put running clocks up on everybody. And that's the goal here today. Up 21-0, still three and a half minutes to go in the first quarter. And the LB Bearcats take over at the 21-yard line of Fowler after the fumble. Wing T to the left. And Everbruce is going to keep it for himself around the left end. He has white jerseys chasing him. They're diving. He can't. Touch him, and Evan Bruski tacks on another score just like that with 3.24 remaining in the first quarter. Put the lasagna in the, in the oven, folks. This one's going to be over pretty quick. 27-0, 3.24 left in the first quarter, and it's Bearcats out by four scores. Yeah, you just can't make mistakes, and then Fowler has had no answer. Their defense is held up. Uh, not giving up extremely big plays to the running backs. Evan Peruski has completely fed off the fact that they are taking away the middle of the field and beat him around the outside. And the PAT from Brett Mueller is good just like the previous three. It's 28-0. Obley leading the Fowler Eagles with 324 left in the first quarter on the WLW Sports Network. May not be until the 15th, but it's opening an open season on the Eagles today. It's thus far, it's Ugly 28, Fowler Eagles 0. With 324 remaining in the first quarter, the Bearcats firing at all cylinders, and they're running with a V12 engine today. Dave Hanson. Uh, just fascinating to watch, right? Just Ugly finds ways out of that tee to beat you in different directions. Last week, it was any play they wanted up the middle at the running backs. This week, the running backs haven't had much going. But Evan Bruski on the outside has been absolutely unstoppable. Osher Kennesnecht brings in the return, and he's brought down by Ubley's uh, special teams there. Number 64, Cannon Bruski brings him down. Now we throw it down to the sideline with Ed Klump and Kendall Anthus. Yeah, Ubley seems to be having their way. It's, it's They're playing chess, the other team's playing checkers. They're beating them off the line and physically, but on top of that, it seems like every single time Fowlerville tries to key on something, Ubley goes the other way. They even threw the pass today, which is unheard of for Ubley. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Ed Klump on the sidelines. There's a handoff right up the middle to Nolan Stump from the 22-yard line down to the 25-yard line before we stop by linebacker Cannon Baruski Jr. for the Ubley defense. And we have a flag on the far sideline, something we haven't really seen in two weeks here in Ubley. So the officials here in the white cap, that would be Dave Layton. And it appears that it's against the Fowler Eagles as the officials now discussing things 
with I, the obli sideline. Almost assume it's got to be a hold. It's got to be a right? hold or a, a false start, illegal shift, illegal formation. As they do tend to almost have five men in the backfield with the way they line up, sometimes with that additional wingback of number seven. So instead, they react and they go with two wide to the right, one to the left. It's now first and 15 from the 17-yard line. Hoffman gets the snap in the shotgun, looking downfield to throw, and this one is going to be picked off by Mark Heilig, and he can't hang on to it. Mark Heilig was the more the closest receiver and pass was intended for Carter Lance. But Mark Heilig saw that one from the get-go. One thing I'll say about the sophomore quarterback, he's certainly not going through his progression of reads. He knows where he's going to throw it, and Mark Heilig is taking advantage. Yeah, that's that's a disaster for a quarterback. You cannot do that against a defense like this. Uh, they have the ability to stay in coverage while keeping an eye on the quarterback's eyes. And Evan Peruski may be just as good. He's going to get no credit there. He was over the top if that ball was overthrown that time. Double coverage all day. If you're a fowler, you got to get rid of the ball a little quicker. At least uh, some kind of pick play or something to open these receivers up. Carter Lance brings in the pass from Hoffman out to the 26-yard line. Gain of nine in the play. Tackle made by Caden Ozentowski out of the secondary for the Elder Bearcats. But brings up a third down and three, third down and seven for the Fowler Eagles. Most progress they made thus far today. Right, and for Ubley, that's okay. You keep the ball in front of you. You don't give up the deep pass on the play before. You had two guys there to make sure that that ball hits the turf at the very worst. That time they... A good route run by Carter Lance. He plants his foot, and when he goes to the outside, the throw is on its way towards the sideline. He creates enough separation where it's a pretty easy throw and catch, but simply because the route run was better and the throw was on time, and that allows the completion to happen. Two to the left, one to the right in the pocket to the throw, and it is brought in by number 10, Ben O'Hagan, and he has the first down. Moved the chains for the first time for Fowler today all the way out to the 36-yard line. Aiden Makoviak, linebacker, tracks down for the tackle and it's a gain of 10 in the play first and 10 for the Fowler Eagles it would have been very close where he caught the football but and that's what I mean by gambling a little bit Luke Vollmering's in coverage and I think if the completion happens and Luke Vollmering wraps the tackler up we're looking at fourth down and one but because he tried to go around him and intercept the pass it allowed then for some yards after catch and very easy first down for Fowler pass over to the right side and in the flats and it's brought in by Zach Hoffman and he's out across the 40 to the 41. Tackle made by Seth Maurer for the LA defense. Gain of five in the play. Second down and five from the Fowler at 41. So that's basically an extension of their running game, right? So they, they throw that extra running back in the backfield and a bunch of receivers to the right, and they send him streaking down the field. And then that running back just kind of slides out to the right. And as the quarterback is staring downfield at the last second, he just checks it down to him, a little dump-off pass. And then, again, Ubley's playing soft coverage, making sure they don't get beat deep. There's an easy five yards for Fowler on that play. Second down, five to go from the Fowler, 41. Trailing by 28 points, 28 nothing. As we hand off to Nolan Stump, and he's going to be brought down for a loss of a yard. Tackle made by Aiden Kohler, as well as Logan Vollmering, defensive tackle and nose guard for the Ubley defense. They're going to say no gain in the play. Still at the 41-yard line, third down and five. That ugly up front, those front four, those couple linebackers in the middle, they just don't get fooled. They, there's Evan Prusky's job is to make sure that nobody gets beat deep in the passing game. Otherwise, it's man-to-man coverage everywhere, and the rest of the guys are up the middle rushing the passer. So after a couple pass plays in a row, you would think that they'd be able to run the ball up the middle. No chance. They do that draw-run play right out of the 
out of the uh, shotgun formation, and the running back runs into a wall of ugly defenders for a loss on the play. Trips left, one right, and they throw quickly to the right in a miscommunication there as Carter Lance was slipping and also tangling up with Caden Ostentoski on the sideline. That pass was errant and away from him without a chance to bring that in. Third down incomplete, fourth down and five. They're going for this one at their own 41. But it was thrown where it was supposed to be. Yes. If, if When Carter Lance plants his foot and he's supposed to head out to the sideline, he just lost his footing. If he would have maintained his footing and went to the sideline, he would have had a chance to make that reception for a first down inbounds. But instead it falls harmlessly incomplete. And now the ugly defense can can take a chance here to take the ball away on fourth down and five. Fourth and five, back to pass, quick pass out, and it's brought in about a yard beyond the stick into the hands of Zach Hoffman. Gain is six when they needed five, move the chains for the second time today for the Fowler Eagles, marking him down at the 48-yard line, a gain of seven. And for Fowler, that's going to have to be how you, quote-unquote, run the football today, right? Is uh, occasionally run the ball, but... Complete passes for five and six yards. You don't need the home run pass. you got to complete those slants, those outs, those hooks for five and six yards to keep the offense on the field. And we reach the end of the first quarter with the Elby Bearcats leading by four scores. 28-0 over the Fowler Eagles in the W at Little Buse Sports Network. Nothing at the end of the first quarter. On to the second quarter. We throw things down to Ed Klump on the sidelines. Fowler's having a little bit of luck with those quick outs, but that's really all they can do. Oswald, Chris Oswald, come around the end there. He was only a step away the last three plays of putting that quarterback on, on, on his back. So it's working right now, but he holds on to it for one more second, and they're going to get a sack. You staying warm down there, Ed Klump? I am. I am. I had to look up Chris Oswald. Next time I'm just calling him Thor with that hair. <laughs> Very good point. First and ten, it's a screen pass out to number 11. That would be Zach Hoffman, and he's brought down for absolutely no gain as Mark Holleg was Johnny on the spot to bring him down. Still at about the 48-and-a-half-yard line. Maybe a half-yard a gain on that. And it's going to be second down, nine to go for the Fowler Eagles, trailing 28 nothing doubly. Yeah, and that's that deceiving dump-off pass. Right? It's not even a screen pass because the receivers are running routes, hoping to draw the defensive backs with them, and that opens up the field underneath behind them. And uh, Mark Heilig from that linebacker, outside linebacker spot uh, recognizes that play from just a, a few minutes ago and swarms to the football and tackles them right at the line of scrimmage. Back to pass, rolling to his right, looking downfield, lets his fly, and is brought in by number five, Carter Lance, and he's very close to the first down marker at the ugly 42-yard line. Kanan Peruski, the linebacker, junior, brings him down. They're going to say move the chains. The first conversion for Fowler, not in third and fourth downs today. Still trailing 28-nothing, ugly, but Fowler in ugly territory at the 42-yard line. And, and to... Uh to Ed's point, uh, they could feel the pass rush is coming. So what do you do to counter that? You let them rush. You roll the pocket. You bring the quarterback, roll him out to the right on a bootleg, give him the option to run, and it looked like he was going to right up until his receiver stopped and planted and let his defender walk away. And an easy five-yard completion, receiver does the rest to get a first down. The first first down of the night for two, Fowler. Two wide each way. Staying in the pocket to pass. Nothing there. Now throws it for the deep ball down to about the 10-yard line. And this one's going to be intercepted by Evan Bruski at the 5. And another turnover goes in favor of the Ugly Bearcats. Jacob Hoffman had Carter Lance 
It looked like a good catch, but there was Evan Bruski as well. And he had that leverage, and he ripped it away from the hands of Carter Lance and another turnover into the hands of the Bearcats, leading 28-0, 10-35 left in the second. And if you're a fowler and you see your receiver, one of your favorite receivers one-on-one, He's open, as far as I'm concerned. He throws the ball. He just overthrows it by just a little bit because his receiver had to go up and extend to get it. But who's behind him, not allowing him to get any further? Evan Peruski, when he goes up, he's able to elevate and take that ball at its peak out of the fingertips of the wide receiver, falling backwards for a very impressive interception. And that stalls out any hope of Fowler getting their first touchdown so far in this half. Albany starts his drive at their own six-yard line. Evan Peruski on the keeper, and it takes four white jerseys to bring him down all the way out to the 11 yard line leading the charge linebacker nolan stump jr for the fowler eagles a gain of five on the play second down and five upcoming and so with ugly's back against the wall a little bit with that own end zone right behind him they dial up the play that's worked absolutely the best tonight and evan peruski fakes that handoff up the middle keeps it around the outside to the short side of the field and uh, he sees a little opening just puts his head down cuts into that gap takes the five yards they're given and brings up a medium second down and medium Wing T to the left, working off left hash, right to left cross your radio. Evan Bruski hands it off to Mark Heilig, bumps out of one tackle and lowers his way out to about the 16-yard line. Nolan Stump on the stop, and it's enough to move the chains. They needed five, they got six. New set of downs for the Old Bearcats at their own 16-yard line. And Mike, Mark Heilig had to earn it, too. He, he had the two or two and a half yards the offensive line creates. Now it's the running back's job to get the rest, and he plows over that linebacker and uh, uses that forward momentum to get that extra yard and a half that he needed for a first down and another first down for the ugly offense. Coming up to the line of scrimmage in their traditional T formation, except it's a wing T to the right. Out wide right would be Aiden McCoviak outside of the tight end. Evan Bruski under center, 28-0, ugly leading to Fowler, and it's Evan Bruski on the keeper. He's moving forward, and he's going to be ripped down by two Fowler jerseys beyond the 20-yard line out to the 21. Now leading the way was Carson Silman as well as Jacob Hoffman, number three, safety. Sophomore gain of five in the play, second down and five for the other Bearcats. And you're seeing the physical side of Evan Peruski. He's, he's got that ability to run you over or beat you with his speed. He's a very... Again, I think their best athlete when it comes to that situation. He could go to the outside easily there and get five or six yards and get out of bounds and not take the hit, but he delivers punishment. He cuts up the middle, goes right after that defender, knocks him down, gets that five, six yards, hard earned by running over a defender, and that brings down second down and four. It's a handoff to Mark Heilig, and he's tough sledding there out for about two yards out to the 22-yard line. Making the stop for the Fowler Eagles was Drew Armbrustmaker. For the Eagles, third down and manageable, third down and short, third down to three for the Ugly Bearcats. Yeah, very little gain for the Bearcats as they go back. Again, that standard wing tee, they attack the middle with their running back, their number one option, Mark Heilig, and there's just nothing there. White jerseys do a good job of filling the gap. Heilig battles for that yard, yard and a half that he gets, but that is it. And third down and three for Ugly. Third down, three to go from the 23 in their own territory, leading Fowler 28-0 Ugly on offense. Wing T to the left, Evan Bruski under center, rolling to his left, going to keep it for himself. He has the first down across the 30 to the 35, and he very well be could be gone. Running down the field, the cut sack and fielding the Fowler's 30-yard line to the 25 to the 20. Breaks out of one more tackle, down to the five. Touchdown, Evan Peruski. From 77 yards out, in for the score. Evan Peruski looking like he's playing Madden out there. And breaks out about four tackles 
dips, dives, dodges. It is in for the score. 34 nothing. 7.38 left in the second quarter. As I believe Patek's on their fifth score. Two big, two big things to talk about there is, is how is how terrible is how terrible the angles these these uh, linebackers of Fowler take at the ball. They just completely underestimate Evan Bruski's speed, and he just outruns them. But you got to give credit to the the hustle plays that Ubley and other people bring to the play. There were multiple Bearcat offensive players that set a block 40 yards downfield that allowed Peruski to cut back to the middle and take a 40-yard gain into a 77-yard gain and a touchdown. It's now 35-0 as Brett Miller puts up the PAT for good for 5 for 5 of the day. It's 35 for Ubley, 0 for Fowler on the WLW Sports Network. Ugly leading the Fowler Eagles as Evan Bruski with a 77-yard run in for the score. It's a 94-yard drive, taking two minutes and 57 seconds off the clock. Now we throw things down to Ed Klump on the sidelines. Well, looks like it, Evan Bruski, I believe he has, what is it, 217 yards now on the day? That is just amazing. He, he is running faster than everybody on the field. It was he looks, he looks like a grown man with a bunch of junior high kids out there. Five plays. On that scoring drive for the Ubley Bearcats, thank you, Ed Klump. As Evan Bruski, just a junior, just got his driver's license this past year. Keep that in mind in perspective. As Brett Mueller's kick comes in all the way down to the five-yard line, brought in by Ben Cohagen. Excuse me, that's number 11, Zach Hoffman. Breaks out of one tackle and gets out to favorable field position out to the 35-yard line before he's brought down by number 30, Seth Maurer on special teams. First and 10 for the Fowler Eagles with a 65-yard field in front of him. Uh, let's face it, he's been driving this team deep into the playoffs for years. The driver's license is just a just a ticket, <laughs> just a thing he puts in his wallet at this point. Uh, but yeah, again, and he is underutilized. He, they don't need him to do what he is capable of because the offensive line wins, the defensive line does the same, and they just blow opponents out. That's been the theme this year. They have put up big numbers against everybody, and they, they allow nothing, simply nothing, and this probably is the team to beat in Division 8. First and 10 from the 35. Fowler hands it off to number 11, Zach Hoffman. He has the first down and gains 11 yards before he's brought down by Caden Ozdowski out of the secondary. Move the chains out to the 46 of Fowler. First and 10. Their defense give up 11-yard run? Yards. How dare they? Considering Fowler has 56 yards of the day so far on 18 plays. Yeah, we, we kind of checked those stats out last week, and it's starting to look like it was then. Ubley averaging 15 yards a play, Fowler now averaging three. So the big difference, the big plays, Fowler unable to make any stops on defense, and their offense just hasn't found the weak spot, the answer, anything to split up this Ubley defense. From the 46 of Fowler's own territory, trailing Ubley 35 nothing. And Zach Hoffman hands it off to, excuse me, Jacob Hoffman hands it off to Zach Hoffman to midfield and barely into Ubley territory. The 49 brought down by Aiden Kohler, defensive tackle, sophomore, six foot, 185 pound. And second down, five to go for the Fowler Eagles as Fowler making a few adjustments in the backfield. Yeah, shifting some players around. And Nolan Stump didn't have any luck with uh, his first few four carries. So they move around. You're seeing now another Hoffman in the backfield. Zach this time getting a few carries. And so far, 
couple nice runs for him on back-to-back plays. We're hearing that Everett is leading Iron Mountain 14-0 in the first half in favor of Everett. Back to pass. It's going to be a screen pass. Good big block there as the pass was brought in by Ben Cohagen. But in the flats as well was Evan Curtis, the right tackle, 6'4", 215-pound junior, as he set a huge block. And the pass gets all the way out to the 42-yard line of Upley. That'd be enough to move the chains, but a flag is down on the turf. And it could be face mask. It could be a number of different things. As Ben Gohagen gets, as it stands right now, another first down for the Fowler Eagles. 6.05 left in the second quarter. And it's ugly 35, Fowler nothing. This is the regional championship. Might not feel like it with this score. Blindside block against Fowler. I was wondering if that was the case. As Evan Curtis... Evan Curtis will be the one charged with that penalty. And as a result, it will negate the first down and mark off yardage from the end of the drive, which was at the end of the play, which is at 42 of Ubley. Across midfield, 10 yards marked off to the Fowler 48-yard line. So if they called it on Evan Curtis, that, that, that flag that, came, it can't be because that flag came out very late. And it's not from the spot of the foul. Yeah, so, so if they called it where the play ended, there was a different block that we didn't see. Evan Curtis put on a big hit, but I, that was very legal. Vollmering yes. was in the chase position, and when he turned to the middle of the field, 55 come right at him and bulldozed over him, but he's also 6'4", 220, so that's that's obviously understandable. But that, that blindside block must have came where the tackle was made after Curtis made that hit based on where they marked it off. And now here we are on second down. Should be second down and about 13, 13 to go. They marked off 15 yards from the spot of the penalty. In their own territory, their own 43. Left, right, across the radio, spread formation. Two wide left, one to the right. Two men in the backfield with Hoffman. And he throws a bullet across midfield down to brought in by Carter Lance to the ugly 48-yard line. Caden Ostentoski on the stop. Short of the first down, sticks by three yards. So a gain of 10 on that one. And they're going to say marking him down at the 47. So three yards to go, third down for the Fowler Eagles. Yeah, and just th this passing game has some potential, but there I know he's a sophomore quarterback, but there's way too much staring down his receiver and asking him to move around and try to make a good throw. Caden Ostoski was all over him. There was no free space there, but it was a great throw, and the receiver made a nice hands-extended catch coming back to the football. Otherwise, Caden Ostoski is all over it. Nolan Stump gets the handoff, and he gets the first down by just an edge as he's finally brought down by Chris Oswald. They needed three yards, and that's exactly what they got. They mark him down at the 44 of Ubley. Move the chains for Fowler for the second time this drive below. They still trail 35-0 Dubley. It was a nice run, and that, those are the types of runs that Fowler needs because they do want to pass the football, a, a mix of everything, but the running game did not help them set up the passing game. The passing game, if it's third down at 10, everybody in the stadium knows what you're going to do, and it's a lot easier to defend. But if they can get running plays like that, move the chains, this Fowler team can kind of hang around a little bit. Stay in the pocket, throwing downfield to the far sideline, and this one is just out of reach of Ben Cohagen as he's leaping out, had one arm out. In coverage was Luke Vollmering, cornerback, sophomore for this ugly defense. Incomplete pass, second down, four, second down, 10 to go from the ugly 44-yard line. Stops the clock with 4.41 remaining in the second quarter. Ugly 35, Fowler nothing. The Eagles in ugly territory, one of the first times today. 
That was probably one of Jacob Hoffman's better throws down the field. Put a little air under it, led his receiver, put it in a place where only his receiver can make a play on it, but just the tightest of coverage, Luke Vollmering, uh, basically in his back hip pocket, not allowing an underthrown ball to be completed, and it falls incomplete for Fowler. Jacob Hoffman hands it off to Zach Hoffman out of the backfield. He gets out for maybe one yard out to the 43-yard line. You named the number. They were in on the tackle. Cannon Peruski as well as Aiden Makoviak on the stop, and maybe Seth Maurer there as well. A gain of a yard, third down, nine to go from the LB 43-yard line. It's just the reason why Ubley doesn't allow any extra on any play in any scenario, right? They, they swarm to the football. They're good tacklers, especially in open space. They keep the ball in front of them, and they kept that run in front of them. You see pulling guards, tackles to the right, a power run to the right, just nowhere to go. Bodies stacking up against blockers, but no holes being created, and that allows guys like Maurer and Makoviak in that linebacking position to come free firing into the backfield and they tackle the running back for very little game. Two wide each way out of the shotgun. Hoffman throwing to the far sideline is brought in by Ben Cohagen has the first down down to the 32 yard line to get down by Kaden Ozentowski and Evan Bruski. From the 43 down to the 32 a gain of 11 when they needed 10 move the chains. So yeah, for this passing game to work there's a lot of timing and these are very young kids to have this these timing routes work well but when the receiver gets to the first down marker, he plants his foot and goes parallel or goes perp goes along with the line of scrimmage, doesn't leave it, that first down marker. So that way when that throw is made, it hits him on the run and he is at the first down marker and gets it. Quarterback keeper for Jake Hoffman and he thought he saw some light and there were the back Bearcats to close those gaps as soon as they opened, bringing him down for a loss of a yard back of the second down 11 to go here. Tackle made by Kaden or Kandon Peruski, blowing things up as Aiden Makoviak got the very back end of his jersey there. Couldn't, it was just enough momentum to bring in Kandon Peruski. And it looked like a designed quarterback run because if it was a read option, uh, then Hoffman made the wrong decision. you got to get that ball <laughs> yes. to the outside. But, again, it looked like it was called in. He runs the ball right into trouble, nowhere to go. And Kandon Peruski leads uh, multiple Bearcat defenders in the backfield for a loss of one. Two wide to the right, one to the left, working just inside the left hatch, left right across your radio. Hoffman throwing downfield, and this one is going to be brought in but tackled immediately. Has a big hit from three black jerseys there, out to about the 23-yard line forward progress. Has him out, that's number 11, Zach Hoffman, slot receiver senior. Short of the line to gain, a flag back in the backfield. Away from the play, back in the lane at the 38-yard line. So the complete pass down to the 23-yard line. If anything, this is going to be a hold against the Fowler Eagles, is my guess. Where, where that flag Personal is. foul. Chop block against Fowler. Where that flag is, that's somebody protecting the quarterback's blind side, so that's usually uh, where that penalty will fall. So this is going to be marked off from the spot of the foul, which is at the 38-yard line. And this will be... 10 yards walked off, excuse me, 15 yards walked off, and this puts them across midfield back into Fowler territory at the 47-yard line. First er, line of scrimmage is the Fowler 47-yard line. First down marker is just on the other side of Munford Road. 225 and counting here in the second quarter. Ubley 35, Fowler nothing. Three wide to the left, one to the right, and we have a timeout called by Jim Becker and the Bearcats. Want to discuss things? We'll stick with you here. With a 35-point game at 221 left in the second quarter, 
Ed Klump on the sidelines. What is changing here? Why is Fowler suddenly moving the ball? Uh, we'll say modestly this drive. I really get the feeling that the coaches are they're, they're working on some things that they needed to work on. They feel like it's it's a little bit more by design. Keep everything in front of you, nothing deep. Uh, I think that it's more by design by Jim Becker. Uh, the, they're just in kind of a a, a sort of semi prevent. Ben, but don't break right now. Uh, thank you, Ed Klump. Ken Anthus and Ed Klump on the sidelines, braving the weather down there. For us on the WLW Sports Network. In the booth here, we have Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, D D Doug Cole, and Dan Benke. Best crew in the business here. Best looking business in the radio as well. Doug Cole rocking the, the November mustache. I thought about growing a mustache myself as well for the playoff run, but every time it grows out, I just can't handle it. Yeah, and you have to. That, that you're not the only one that gets to make that decision in your house anymore. So that's probably a good move on your part. Did I tell you I grew a mustache this summer? No. Yeah, it was, Please it was tell me of pictures. Eight days of glory. I do. It, it, it was amazing how quickly I grew it. And it lasted about 36 hours. Just couldn't take it beyond that point. Yeah. yeah I, I'm assuming your couch isn't very comfy either. <laughs> <laughs> Rochelle was the one who encouraged me to do it. Really? Yeah. Good for her. And then uh, it got really creepy really fast. So <laughs> just not, not cutting it. 221 left in the second quarter. Coming out of the first timeout called by the Elite Bearcats. A second down and a 32 to go. On the quick slant, or the quick uh, dump route to midfield to the ugly 49-yard line was brought in by Nolan Stump. They needed 32 yards. They got three. So now it's third down and still a ways to go. Third down at 29 for the Fowler Eagles. As brought in was number 30, Seth Maurer, on the tackle. And just nowhere to go. Quarterback's under pressure. He goes down to his check down receiver, which is his running back. Number two, Nolan Stump, dumps it off to him. But even the dump off receiver is completely covered. He catches the ball, and he is tackled immediately. And nowhere to go. So a very short gain still leaves a very long ways to go for Fowler on third down. Third down, a ways to go. 28 yards, to be exact. First down markers at the 21 of Ubley. They're currently at the probably 49-yard line. Clump of three to the right, one to the left. A quick pass out to number five, Carter Lance is brought in. And he's tackled out to the 43-yard line. That would be number 64, Cannon Bruce, linebacker, bringing him down after a seven-yard gain. Fourth down and still beyond 20 yards to go for Fowler. Yeah, fourth down and 21 to go. Uh, just a minute left to go in this half. The Bearcats, uh, outstanding performance so far, up 35 to nothing here at home over the Fowler Eagles. Oh, do you think they go for it here, heave it downfield, <laughs> and hope for a penalty or a big completion? They bring the punter in as they're trying to pretty much do damage control at this point, in my opinion, with 45 seconds and counting here in the second quarter. So John Ruiz comes in for the punt. This is his third punt of the day. He's averaging 30 and a half yards on the day and they very well may get this play clock down to one in call timeout that's exactly what they do with 31 seconds remaining in the first half you're listening to the w lw sports network ugly 35 fowler zero Fourth down and 21, and Fowler's still in the punt formation. They have a gunner on each side. John Ruiz brings in the 
Snap, and he punts this one away. Bounces a big Fowler bounce and rolls out of bounds at the three-yard line. So Ruiz with a nice punt there, 39 yards, and pins the Ugly Bearcats deep, leading by 35 points with 24 seconds left here in the first half. And it was a very good punt, though. The, the angle that ball to the outside there it takes a nice Fowler bounce forward and angles out of bounds even further inside the five. But uh, with just 24 seconds to go for Ubley, they realistically only have to call one play. They could easily just quarterback sneak it forward and essentially forward-facing Neal just to get out of the half here and maintain that 35 nothing lead. From their own three-yard line, 24 seconds left in the first half, and they just kneel it, and that will be the end of the first half with the Ubley Bearcats leading by five scores. 35-0 over the Fowler Eagles after two quarters of play with two quarters still upcoming. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. It's Ubley 35, Fowler nothing. We'll return with your halftime stats and also hearing from head coach Eric Sweeney of the Ubley Bearcats. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network, your home for the entire postseason. season long it's another day and another commanding lead for the ugly bearcats at the half they lead 35 nothing over fowler dave hansen how much tell us how we get to this 35 nothing ball game at halftime first drive right out of the gate the ugly bearcats get the football and it ends in a 19 yard touchdown run by seth mauer the brett mueller pat is good ugly leads seven nothing three and out by fowler leads to a Evan Peruski, 46-yard touchdown run on his second carry of the series. Mueller tacks on the PAT. It's 14-0 Ubley. Still seven minutes to go in the first quarter. Still in the first quarter, Ubley scores it third time. Mark Heilig on a five-yard run. Mueller PAT, good as always. 339 still in the first quarter. The ensuing kickoff, Fowler fumbles, recovered by Ubley. Aiden Makoviak, touchdown run by Peruski on the first play. 28-0, Ubley, end of the first quarter. In the second quarter, Peruski does it again. Gets his third touchdown of the game, this time a 77-yard touchdown run. Mueller would tack on his fifth straight extra point, and at the half, Ubley, 35, Fowler, nothing. The Ubley Bearcats with 18 plays for 279 yards and five scores. That comes out to an average of 15.5 yards per play as eight less plays than the Fowler Eagles and 184 more yards to show for it. Fowler with 26 plays for 95 yards, averaging 3.7 per play. And most of their damage has been through the air. 10 carries for just 22 yards, 10 for 16 passing for 73 yards. The Ubley Bearcats, one completion, one attempt, 18 yards, 17 carries for 261 yards. And lean the way, Evan Brucey, nine carries, three touchdowns, 217 yards in two quarters of play. Averaging 24 yards per carry, his longest 77-yard scamper in for a score. He's carried the ball 53% of the time for the Ubley Bearcats. Mark Heilig, six carries, 22 yards. Seth Maurer, two carries for 22 yards. Both Heilig and Maurer with a score. 
Bruski threw one pass, completed it for 18 yards into the hands of Luke Vollmering, and that's your entire offensive production from the Ole Bearcats. I mean, what can you say? Just absolutely outstanding. I mean, this offensive line dominates in the running game. Fowler had a good strategy coming in. We are going to shut down the running backs. Mark Heilig, Seth Maurer, Aiden Makoviak. So far, they've done that. Mark Heilig is the bell cow, the lead back. Six carries, 22 yards, averaging three and a half yards a carry. He did get a red zone touchdown, but as soon as they fed Mark Heilig for that two or three yard gain, the next play, Evan Peruski to keep it to the outside, and there's nobody there. They take bad angles. There's no no end there to help cut him down or force him back to the middle. It's a sprint to the sideline, and as soon as Evan Peruski gets there, if he's first, he turns it up the sideline and scores. And that's happened multiple times already tonight. And 217 yards later in this first half, Evan Peruski putting on a clinic on this Fowler defense. Zach Hoffman leads the way. That's the slat receiver with two carries for 16 yards for Fowler. Nolan Stump, five carries for seven yards. And quarterback Jacob Hoffman with three carries for a loss of one. Through the air, 10 of 16 for 73 yards and an interception. Am I correct in thinking that? Uh, yes. Yes, so one interception yep. in there as well. Yes, because Evan Peruski picked it off deep yes. down here. Yes, indeed. Receiving those, Carter Lance, four receptions for 36 yards. Ben Cohagen, two receptions for 22 yards. Zach Hoffman, three receptions for 12 yards. And Nolan Stump, one for three yards. On the defensive side of things, the Ugly Bearcats with 33 tackles, two tackles for a loss, one sack, and one interception, and one fumble recovery in 24 minutes of play. The Fowler Eagles, 14 tackles, just one tackle for a loss. Yeah, and that Fowler defense had a lot of sacks and tackles for loss coming into this game, but not against this Ugly team. And even some of the best teams that Ugly's played against, they, they find ways to get back to the line of scrimmage and battle and, and, and tackle out them, them yards or two every single time. But uh, it has not been a problem this season. It's been a matter of how do we keep them from scoring on every single carry. That's been the biggest issue for any defense. And with, with Ubley, if they had a great offense or a great defense, they would still be here today. But you put both together, and now they have themselves as the conversation piece as the best team in Division Eight. 35 nothing. the Ubley Bearcats lean the Fowler Eagles. When we return, we'll have Ed Klump running down Eric Sweeney, head coach for the Ubley Bearcats. At halftime, it's the Ugly Bearcats leading Fowler 35-0 on the WLW Sports Network. Scores of play are complete. It's 35-0 Ubley, and the Ed Klump of all Ed Klumps is standing by with head coach Eric Sweeney for the Ubley Bearcats. Ed Klump. Eric, things are going really well for you there in the uh, in the first half. It seems like Ubley was really taking what the defense gave you. Uh, they, they watched the film last week. They keyed on Heilig, it looked like. You unleashed you unleashed Peruski. Um, was that kind of how you saw things going? Well, every game you go into, you know, that you just got to adjust to what they're doing and they were worried about our off tackle stuff they were going to make sure that uh we didn't run off tackle so the outside was open so you know we'll give it go ahead and let our best athlete run the football sounds great now at, this has happened to ugly a few times at half you have the big lead what is the message to the guys in the in at half there how do you coach that then well, this team's had a couple big comebacks. They had a big comeback last week. So, you know, as far as we're concerned, it's 0-0. we got to come out and play the second half like, you know, it was at the beginning of the game and finish the game off. 
Sounds great. Good luck in the second half, Coach. Thank you. That is Ed Klump on the sidelines with head coach Eric Sweeney of the Ugly Bearcats. 35-0, the Ugly Bearcats leading the Fowler Eagles in their regional championship. Dominating performance here from the Ugly Bearcats thus far through two quarters. Yeah, and I love I love what Coach Sweeney said, and, and you could see it here and you can hear it at home. That they, they absolutely had a game plan that they needed to stop the run. They needed to make sure that Mark Heilig especially was not the guy to beat him, and they have to force him to do something else. And there's not a lot of tape this year on Evan Peruski. There's not a lot of stats on Evan Peruski because they haven't had to need him. And Ed said it best. They unleashed Evan Peruski, and he is their, their best player, their best athlete. He, he can run people over. He can beat you with speed. He doesn't look like it. He's deceptively fast and strong. And they gave what the defense gave him. You're not going to give us high leg? Fine. Then we will take it on the outside. And it's big play after big play because now Fowler, again, feels like they did their job taking away high leg, but they've given up 279 yards of offense in every other direction. And there's just not enough to go around to stop this ugly offense right now. And I, I just don't know who can do it. It's, it. We've yet to find an opponent that can do that, Dave. And it's been uh, two weeks of the same thing here for the Ugly Bearcats. We're really 12 weeks of the same thing for the Ugly Bearcats. Like I said, I, I'm pretty sure they put a running clock on every single opponent they've played. We're in the regional ch- regional championship, and we're seeing it yet again. And uh, it doesn't matter if you're Iron Mountain or you're Everett. You better have your A game next week because this team is rolling on all cylinders. And it started in week one when we saw them right out of the gate. Brett Mueller's kick into the wind come brought in by number 11. Jacob Hoffman runs out from the three. He's out across the 25 and finally upended across the 30 and finally brought down about the 32-yard line. Leading the charge, Aiden Mikroviak, as well as Cannon Bruski. Starting linebackers also on special teams. So the Fowler Eagles elected to def- won the toss, elected to defer to the second half. So they will start out on offense here at their own 32-yard line, trailing by five possessions, 35-0. Yeah, it's just it's kind of a reset game for Fowler, right? I mean, it would take uh, a tremendous miracle to make a comeback in this game. But if it were to happen, it starts right here, right now. You have to score on this first drive, and uh, then we can talk about the defense trying to make a stop. Throwing it downfield, and they have an open receiver. That would be Tristan Smith at the 40-yard line, but he dropped it a little behind him. That would have been a seven-yard gain, if not more. Falls incomplete, instead stops the rolling clock here with a running clock situation with 11 minutes left in the third. Second down and 10 from the 32. It was a little behind him, uh, so it definitely it's on the quarterback there because that drag route coming from the right side all the way across to the left, if he hits him in stride, he's got some sideline room to get probably another 5 or 10 up the sideline before the deep safety runs him out. But it's a little behind him, and it falls incomplete. Two right, one left. He's rolling to his right, looking to pass downfield. He throws it, heaves it down and into double coverage, and this one is broken up. Passes intended once again for Zach Hoffman at the 40-yard line of Ubley, and he quickly became the defender as Evan Bruski and Mark Heiling were there <laughs> ball-hawking it away and knocked her down, and it brings up a third down and 10. Yeah, he was he was completely blanketed out there. A guy over top, guy underneath, Evan Bruski underneath, was about to make a play on the ball. If Hoffman didn't come back to it, stick his left hand out, and deflect it down, intentionally knock it down so it wasn't intercepted, uh, you'd like to see your quarterback there uh, not throw it deep into a double coverage. If it's one-on-one coverage, that's fine, but you can't throw it in double coverage. Just tuck it and run. There was some room to get maybe four or five yards, make third down manageable instead. Here they are at third down and 10. Back to pass. It's staying in the pocket, throwing to the near sideline. It's brought in by number five, Carter. Lance, he has the first down by a yard out to the 44-yard line making the stop, Caden Ozentoski and Evan Bruski wrapping him up, moving the chains out to the 45-yard line, a 13-yard pickup on third down and 10 and they move the chains for the Fowler Eagles. Yeah, the one good thing about throwing the ball downfield on a regular basis 
is that Ubley has to respect that deep pass. So what has worked from that point, if there has been any offensive work, is the deep curl routes. So they plant, they, they look like they're going deep, plant, turn around, and show their number to the quarterback, and that's allowed them to get some of those seven, eight, nine-yard completions and move the chains a little bit. And a same exact play call there as they pass it out into the flats to number 11, Zach Hoffman. He gets out for a six-yard gain at to the Ubley 49-yard line, runs out of bounds. Clock continues to roll here with a running clock, 35-point differential. Second down and four from the OB 49. Yeah, very similar play there, except that time you see the outside receiver continue down the field, and that allows the slot receiver to plant at about the five-yard mark and go straight to the sideline. And it's uh, they create that separation that they needed, and it's an easy throw and catch for about six yards for a fowler. Second down and four to go. And it's a handoff to Nolan Stump, and he's into the trenches, and he's brought down by two yards. Brought down by Caden Peruski, and for a two-yard gain, third down and manageable, third down and two. Yeah, just not a lot of running room there. Stump has to – he runs right into a whole wall and has to grind, grind ahead a little bit and get a couple more – just to get a couple yards on that play. But it's third down and short now for Fowler. Third down, two to go from the ugly 47-yard line, eight minutes and counting here in the third. Ugly 35, Fowler nothing. Two wide to the left, one to the right in the shotgun. Jake Hoffman, sophomore quarterback, calls his own number, and he's being brought down to the backfield for a huge sack as there's black jersey upon black jersey leading the charge. Parker Peruski and Aiden Makoviak made themselves comfortable in the backfield and bring him down for a two-yard, maybe even three-yard loss at the 50. They're going to say up the 49-yard line. As he called his own number, and he was immediately in trouble. Yeah, he was definitely a designed run play, read option, Quarterback did not like what the running back had on the outside. Thought he saw an opening in the middle, but Aiden Makoviak and company closed that door in a hurry. And as soon as he took one step forward, he was knocked three steps back and pushed way back for nothing on that play. And now it's fourth down for Fowler. And they're going for it. Fourth and four from the ugly 49-yard line, trailing by 35 points, two wide each way. Hoffman in the shotgun. Man in motion to the far sideline, Zach Hoffman. As we screen pass out to the left side of Zach Hoffman, he has the first down. He's into the ugly territory of the 40 and runs out of bounds at the 36-yard line. Pushed out of bounds by Evan Bruski at the 37-yard line. Fourth down conversion for the Fowler Eagles. Move the chains. Fresh set of downs, first and 10. Yeah, so standard shotgun formation with uh, running back Nolan Stump in the backfield and that slot receiver. Goes in motion from right to left, and they snap the ball as he's in motion going to the left. And it's a quick catch, throw to him while he's still moving, and then he just utilizes the sideline and that speed to get a first down. Going back to pass, and they complete it to Carter Lance out across the 25 down, and mark him down at the 25. Tackle made by Seth Maurer. Defensive end tracks him down. And a, another new set of downs, first and 10 from the Ubley 25. It's, it's man-to-man coverage all day for Ubley. And I think for Fowler to continue these completions, the out routes have worked. The deep comebacks have worked. Uh, I think it's time to do more slants. That one there, a quick slant. We, you've, you've sold the outside enough. Now you can throw it to the inside and maybe catch one and run and get a big play. And they throw it outside again, the complete to Zach Hoffman out for about three-yard gain as Evan Peruski, Cannon Peruski, you name it, they were out there for that stop. Second down and seven as Fowler making a lot of completions but not very many yards downfield. When you can't run the ball and you know you're going to be under pressure, you have to get rid of the ball quicker, quickly. I, you know, Tom Brady made a living on that, right? you got to get rid of the ball, don't get hit. High percentage completions, you can wear down a defense just like you can if you were to run the ball four yards of play. But uh, 
I believe he did something different there. He dialed up a blitz. They tried to get in there and create some havoc, but a quick pass negated that blitz and a completion. And they throw it to the near sideline, and he's forced out of bounds at the 12-yard line. Pass complete to Zach Hoffman, brought down by Seth Maurer out of bounds. Move the chains once again down to the ugly 13-12-yard line. In fact, we're at the spot. Move the chains, five and a half county near the third quarter. It's still 35-0 Ubley, but Fowler starting the second half with a little momentum on their side. Yeah, Ubley playing some softer coverage, though. Again, keeping the ball in front of them. Because with this clock running, there, this Fowler team is milking a ton of clock. But the closer they get to the end zone line, the tighter that Ubley defense by nature is going to be. It's a lot tougher to throw the football in the red zone. As quarterback keeper right up the gut and Ubley brings him down after maybe a generous two-yard gain down to the 10-yard line. Leading the way, Seth Maurer as well as Logan Vollmering for the Ubley Bearcats. Gain of two, second down and eight from the ugly 10-yard line, sub five minutes here in the third. Yeah, they run read option with that wide receiver that comes in motion. They fake it to him, and the quarterback keeps it right up the middle. It gets a couple yards, but once he gets that second yard, he is absolutely clobbered in the middle of the field there. Nowhere to go and a short gain for the Eagles. Our Bruce Maker's helmet fell off, so Dominic Thalen comes in, number 71. You know you're close to Puamo in West Philly when there's a Thalen on the team. <laughs> Second down, eight to go from the 10-yard line of Ubley. Two wide each way in the shotgun. Quarterback, sophomore, Jacob Hoffman to his right, Nolan Stump, staying in the pocket, throwing downfield, and this one's brought in by number 10, Ben Cohagen, brought down by Evan Bruski, about a yard short of the line to gain. Gain of seven when they needed eight, but it now brings up a third down, a very manageable third down, a yard to go, maybe two. So you see that wide receiver from the right go in motion, and as soon as he gets past the quarterback, they snap the football, and this is what they got to do with the young quarterback to get him from staring down his receivers. You force him to fake, pump fake that throw to that dump-off guy in motion and then turn and fire to his outside wide receiver who goes up the field, plants, and comes back to the middle of the field. He hits him right on the money, but no gain after contact, and it's a it's a right there just short of the first down marker. Nolan Stump on a second effort, gets into the end zone. Touchdown, Fowler, with 3.31 remaining in the third quarter. Nolan Stump from four yards out gets into the end zone on the third down conversion. And we have an injured player there for the Fowler Eagles. That's number seven. Tristan Smith, who's a little slow to get up, is trying to walk it off right now. And the officials are going to escort him off the field. So the Fowler Eagles find the end zone for the first time today. And it comes nearly nine minutes into the third quarter. Yeah, it was a, a very good drive, but it comes a little little too late, uh, but they, they found some short, high percentage completions, and you can see the confidence of their sophomore quarterback elevating. Made a lot of good throws. A lot of them were in tight coverage, but he knew where his receiver was going to be, and the timing was good enough and he made a lot of completions, um, but Ubley does a nice job of keeping the ball in front of them. They don't allow any yards after the catch, and uh, now Fowler going to try to attempt the PAT here. The PAT is up from Carter Lance, and it is good. It is a 28-point lead for the Ubley Bearcats with 3.31 left in the third quarter. Ubley 35, Fowler 7 on the WLW Sports Network. Back 
Fowler scores for the first time today. It's 35 for the LB Bearcats, 7 for the Fowler Eagles, and the LB Bearcats are ready for an onside kick attempt here. And that is exactly what it'll be. And it's jumped and still balls loose. And it looks like the Ubley Bearcats jumped down in the very last second there at the Ubley 47-yard line. Number 12, Chris Oswald, tight end, defensive end, senior. Jumped on it as the ball was popping around like a pinball. Now we throw things down to Ed Klump on the sidelines. Yeah, that last drive, uh, real real good drive by the quarterback, Halfman. I think, was it seven, S seven. seven throws in a row, seven completions in a row. Uh, Jim Becker telling his team, just keep everything in front of you, though. They ate up so much clock there. They're kind of playing in the Ubley's hands. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Ed Klump. Ken Lanthus on the sidelines today for us on the WLW Sports Network. Wings E to left, working out the right hash. Evan Persky hands it out to Mark Heilig, and he's wrestled forward across midfield. And they're going to mark him down at the midfield. It brought down by Carson Silman, defensive end, 6'3", 205-pound senior. Four Fowler. Three-yard gain, second down and seven from midfield, right to left across your radio for the LB Bearcats. Yeah, so if you're Fowler, you still have to maintain that same game plan, right? We, we have to slow down Heilig and those running backs up the middle, but now that you did that on first down, you almost have to gamble the opposite. Now we almost have to lean to the outside and take away Peruski because they are not afraid to call that. And if you continue to gamble up the middle when Ubley decides to call Peruski keeper, uh, he's going to score again. And we have another Fowler Eagle going off on, into proto, uh, concussion protocol. That's number 77, Carson Silbin. So the Ubley Bearcats hitting hard on both sides of the ball, and Evan Bruski calls his own number broken play, and he's going to have positive yards. Breaks out for a first down. He very well could have a touchdown as well. Down to the 20, to the 15, the 10, 5. Evan Bruski scores on a 50-yard broken play for the Ubley Bearcats with 2.57 remaining in the third quarter. It is now Ubley 41 Fowler 7. <laughs> just like that, Evan Bruski doing it all. Yeah, just a phenomenal run. And you can tell he turned the wrong way to the running back, went the opposite way because when he held the ball, there was nobody there. And uh, he had an offensive lineman right in his face. He bounces, he cuts underneath of that and breaks two shoestring tackles, and then it's a sprint down the sideline. And again, Bruski wins that race and scores for the fourth time tonight. The PAT is up from Mueller, and it is good. 42-7, back to a running clock situation with 2.57 left in the third quarter of the WLW Sports Network. It's back to 42-7, to seven, a 35-point lead for the other Bearcats. Now we can throw things down to Ed Klump, who has a very special guest standing by. I'm in the stands here with Mr. and Mrs. Peruski, Evan Peruski, the quarterback of Ugly, their parents. Mrs. Peruski did say he runs like his mom. That's where he gets it from. Yep, arms in the air. I love it. And uh, so, Bob, uh, it's 267 yards on 10 carries. That's just over 27 just over 27 yards of carry and uh, four touchdowns. Just an incredible, incredible half. How do you, how do you feel about your son uh, and his performance today? Well, we never expected this. You know, we figured, you know, the running backs would, you know, have another good day like they did the last couple weeks, but uh, they're stacked in the middle, so run Evan on the outside. There you go. That's exactly what the coach said coming out of half, too. Clark, back to you. Oh, thank you, Ed Klump, making friends along the way with everyone that he meets. 
is Montreux's entire life story. 225 left in the third quarter. Running clock here. 42 to 7. Ubly by 35 points. Evan Bruski, quarterback, 10 carries for 267 yards and four scores. 53% of the time he's carried the ball. Just 10 carries. 267 yards. The Fowler Eagles spread two wide to the left, one to the right, and this quick pass, screen pass, and it hits the hands and is dropped. At the, set, at the 23-yard line pass was intended for Ben Cohagen. Falls incomplete, and now second and ten. Yeah, you can see the ugly football is, is more than just this team. It's the community, right? The fans, the parents, everybody's involved. Everybody knows what's going on. Everybody understands what they're trying to do and what the game plan is. And, it, and even them sitting in the crowd, they're not at practice every day. They're not watching film. They look at this game, and they can see that Fowler stack in the box. They are not going to let our running backs beat them today. So we'll just let Evan Peruski do it around the outside. And to, to Fowler's credit, they did a good job of taking away the running backs up the middle. But now there's been no answer, no counter to knock out the uh, the run to the outside for Evan Peruski. And Fowler throws it downfield for the first time in quite some time for Zach Hoffman, but it was incomplete in coverage. Evan Peruski didn't even turn around, just held his hand up for coverage and uh, was off the mark incomplete. So now third down and 10 from the 25 of Fowler's own territory. Trailing the Ugly Bearcats by 35 points, 42 to 7. The winner of this one goes on to play the winner of Everett in Iron Mountain. And as it stands in the third quarter right now, Everett 27, Iron Mountain 14. So that would certainly shorten the drive for the Ugly Bearcats next week. Two wide each way in the shotgun on a third and 10, scrambling to his right, looking downfield, lets it fly, and this has a lot of air underneath it. And this one's nearly intercepted by Kevin Bruski, falling out of bounds at midfield. Passes intended for Zach Hoffman, falls incomplete, and now fourth and 10 for the Fowler Eagles at their own 25. Yeah, it's just funny because these, for a team that passes the ball a lot, you watch these receivers, they execute their route, and then when the route's over, they're done. They, 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 they don't continue to move around. Uh, you could tell the play was supposed to go to the top, and there was double coverage. Ubley's already could figure out, oh, you want to throw it to this guy? Fine, we'll put two guys on him. And that young quarterback stares him down the entire time. And when there were two and even three defenders there, he realized he couldn't go there. And I give him credit. He rolls out of the pocket, buys himself some time. But his receivers on this side of the field aren't moving. They want That receiver ran to the sideline, was number 11. Zach Hoffman ran to the sideline and stood there, and that's where the ball was thrown, and Evan Peruski made a better play on the ball than the own wide receiver did. We've reached the end of the third quarter with a 35-point lead still for the Ubley Bearcats. A score apiece for Fowler and Ubley. It's Ubley 42, Fowler 7 at the end of the three quarters of the WLW Sports Network. Twelve minutes remain. Forty-two to seven. Forty-two to seven. Ubley leading by thirty-five points as Ubley scores with two fifty-seven left in the third. Fowler has held the ball since the two fifty-seven mark and facing a fourth and ten in their own territory. As Kendall Anthus, who has a source over at Everett, he's a actually a fellow teammate at Northwood University. For the baseball team, Danny Whitback, feeding us information from that Everett-Iron Mountain game way up there in the UPA. So Fowler begins this fourth quarter with a punt from Ruiz, and it uh, bounces in favor of the Eagles, rolls out of bounds at the ugly 47-yard line before it's brought down 
So the Ubley Bearcats will have favorable field position, leading by 35 points with 11.45 and counting in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so far it looks like uh, you know, creating some room in the budget to bring out interns paying off. That's, <laughs> so far it's been a good move. Yeah, no kidding. So with your call today, it's a full boat. All in sport coats. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Dan Benke, Kendall Anthes, and Ed Klump. Kendall and Ed on the sidelines braving the elements out there like true American heroes. Well, Dan Benke is in the best, but when you're the best spotter in the business, you can do whatever you want. This best spotter this side of Mesick, Michigan, and soon to expand to further realms. The Ellie Bearcats, first and 10 from their own 47-yard line, laying the play clock get down to under 10 before even settling under center for Evan Prusky. And the Bearcats back to a straight T formation, and it's a handoff to Seth Maurer right up the gut, and he gets on his second effort trying to break out of that tackle right at midfield, and on his second and third effort gets out to the 48 of Fowler. Nolan Stump tracked him down, and second down, six to go after he th actually almost a five-yard gain, second down and five. I know the game's out of hand, but that's kind of the difference between um, how Ubley is trained to play football versus other teams is Nolan Stump had him wrapped up. But where's the help? I mean, he was Seth Mowers fighting for extra yards for three, four seconds. That's a long time in the middle of the field. There's nobody there to clean him up and drive him backward and make sure that that's the last yard you're going to get. And I believe we would have literally said, pick your number. Which one do you want to get credit for that tackle? Little difference in, in the effort and, and why this Ubley Bearcats team is up 42-7 to seven in this fourth quarter. Seth Maurer bounces it outside, and he has room to run. He's all the way down to the 35-yard line before he's tripped up by Carter Lance out of the secondary. Move the chains from the 48. That play started down to the 35 for a 13-yard pickup. First and 10 for the Ubley Bearcats. And Seth Maurer getting some, uh, some good reps in here. Battling for yards on the last play. They reward him again with another carry. And if it wasn't for a shoestring tackle, he may have scored again. Before this drive, Ubley has held the ball for just 9 minutes and 24 seconds. Fowler, 26 minutes and 46 seconds. Ubley scoring quickly and promptly every time they hood the ball. And now a running clock situation will be running and milking this clock for all of its worth. Nine and a half left here in the fourth quarter. They lead by 35 points, 42 to 7. It's another handout to Seth Maurer. And there's the white jerseys bringing him down after about the 33-yard line. Nolan Stump as well as Connor Kadich, the sophomore on the stump for the Fowler Eagles after a three-yard gain, second down and seven. Yeah, just a nice, nice run there by Seth Maurer. This is the kind of grind it out situation Ubley wants to be in, right? They, they want to have the lead, doesn't matter if it's one score or not, and grind the clock out. Power runs up the middle. And now we throw things down with Ed Klump, who is a special guest, the superintendent of Ubley Schools. Yeah, I'm here with my good friend Joke, and I'm here uh, the superintendent. And we were talking earlier about how talented this group of kids is for Ubley this year. But not just, not just on the field. The, the the ugly school system that they have, good bunch of kids as anyway. Great group of kids, you know, these kids work hard every day, both in the classroom and on the field. They support one another. The girls at their events when we were in the volleyball districts and regionals, they were there and just a great group of kids that we have right now in Ubley. They just care about each other and you know, they're not selfish. They don't look at anything as an individual and everything they look at is together. So it's been great. Great watching them and great being with them in the school. Thanks so much, Joe. Yep. Thank you, Ed Klump, who is branching out and finding even more friends in his life there. Now, talking with Joe Candela, superintendent of Ubley Schools. Eight minutes remain in regulation. It's 42 to 7, Ubley by 35 points as Aiden McCoviak gets the Bearcats down to the 25 yard line. Hard to believe that was Aiden McCoviak's first carry of Seriously? the night. Wow, you're absolutely right. 
And it's all the way down to the 22-yard line on a Seth Maurer carry-out for three yards. It's tripped up by Nolan Stump after a modest three-yard gain. But the clock continues to roll, 740 and counting, with a 35-point lead for the Bearcats. He's just so valuable, though, because when, when he leads the way through that gap, whether the guard pulls on time or not, if Aiden McCovia gets there first, he eliminates that guy that's there, and that just creates bigger holes for other running backs. You see Seth Maurer, some nice runs here in this quarter. Uh, he, Mark Heilig all season long. Uh, he is an expert in the blocking field, and uh, that helps make these other running backs that much better. Public Bearcats been very successful in the regional championship going before today. Eight championships in nine attempts and appearances in their finals of regionals. Back to pass. Evan Bruski is going to be picked off in the end zone as this one was a little, just a little too late and a little too short. And it's picked off in the end zone by Carter Lance. Pass was intended for Mark Heilig, who was just a yard behind that. And the first misstep of the LB Bearcats here was 6.48 left in the fourth quarter. Ooh, Coach Sweeney is not happy about that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if it was the decision or the fact that we threw the football in the first place, but uh, uh, he had an open receiver, and he was it was underthrown severely. Uh, that that uh, Have that one back. That's an easy throw and catch for a touchdown. Underthrown by about five yards. Uh, in comparison, it looked like the throw Aaron Rodgers made that Aiden Hutchinson picked off. It was that far short. Uh, but uh, Coach Sweeney was hot. I'm not sure uh, exactly why um, he was. But uh, nonetheless, uh, that was picked off on just an underthrown ball by Evan Peruski. And Fowler comes up with uh, got to be their first stop of the afternoon. That's the first interception thrown for the LB Bearcats in 11 months. And it's a handoff to Nolan Stump, and he's going to be stopped immediately at the 20-yard line. Forward progress has run out to the 21-yard line, leading the way. Aiden Kohler, defensive tackle sophomore, after just a gain of a yard for Stump out to the 21. Second down and nine for Fowler as they trail 42-7 Ubley halfway through the fourth quarter. Straight handoff there right up the middle out of the shotgun, and Nolan Stump runs right into the back of his offensive lineman, and three Bearcats push him back about five yards. No gain on the play. Maybe one if they're lucky. No running room at all for the Eagles. Two wide to the right, one to the left, wing back to the right behind the tight end. Looking back to pass, throwing it downfield, Jacob Stump, um, Hoffman, and he completes it. To number five, Carter lands with the 45 out to the 47-yard line for the city's going to be down. Bring him down was Caden Ozentosky. They mark him down to the 48-yard line, so a 27-yard catch from Jacob Hoffman into the hands of Carter Lance. Hoffman a little slow to get up as he was hit at the end of that play as he's letting that one fly. Move the chains for Fowler. A really good throw there uh, by him. He throws it up in the air. But he gets it to the point where his receiver times it, is able to use his height and length, plant his feet, go up and get it. The throw is high intentionally, but his receiver is underneath it. Caden Ozentoski had good coverage. Ethan, Evan Peruski was behind him. But just when you elevate and go get that ball at its peak, it's really hard uh, for a defender to knock that ball down. And they try the same exact thing, and an almost a one-handed catch down at the 23-yard line, intended once again for Carter Lance. This one falls incomplete as Caden Ozentoski and Evan Peruski were in coverage once again. Good coverage. But still, had that one been brought in, that would have been a very impressive catch from Carter Lance. Instead, of all is incomplete. Second down and 10 from Fowler's 48-yard line. Well, that diving throw, diving completion out of bounds, if he would make that catch, you'd see it on ESPN tomorrow. It was yeah. that, that type of one-handed catch, but it falls incomplete. The difference, same exact play, the difference being is that his receiver was underneath the ball and able to elevate and go get it. That time it was thrown deep where he had to 
lunge and completely lay out to try and make that catch down the sideline. He gets it in his hand for a minute, but when he goes to the ground, it falls incomplete, and it's an incomplete pass for the Eagles. Three wide left, one to the right. Man in motion to the far sideline, Zach Hoffman. It's going to be jet sweep for Hoffman, and he's going to be hit immediately at the line of scrimmage and forced back by a, just a team of black jerseys. Aiden Makoviak going to be credited for that stop for no gain at the 48 of Fowler. Brings up a third down and 10 with three and a half to play here in the fourth quarter. Hubbley 42, Fowler 7. You just see it there. Five, five black jerseys swarming to the football to make sure that he doesn't go an inch further after he catches the, catches the ball there. Goes absolutely nowhere. Great attacking, swarming defense by the Bearcats to, again, even in a game up 42-7, to seven, they allow nothing on that play. On third and 10 from the 48, throwing downfield, and in, in this one's going to be picked off by Evan Peruski at the 32. Peruski's going the other way. He's already at midfield into Fowler territory, down to the 40, to the 30, and he's gone! Evan Peruski returns it for 70-plus yards in for the score! Redeems his own interception, and this one takes it back for the score. It's Ubley's second pick six of the season. And tack on another six points for the Ubley Bearcats with 2.58 remaining in the fourth quarter. It's now Ubley 48, Fowler 7. And that may well be just the final dagger in the coffin for the Fowler Eagles. Great defense by Perusi again all night long. He's been he's been the deep safety, making sure the play's in front of him. But it, uh, somebody that plays quarterback and understands what the other team's trying to do through the air, as soon as those eyes are locked in on the receiver he's guarding, he just lets that receiver get right next to him and breaks on the football, completely undercuts it, and shows off the after-catch ability, making people miss, following his blockers, and takes it to the house as a pick six. And it... Brett Mueller, as always, tacks on the PAT. Mueller 7 for 7 on the PATs. It's now 49 to 7 with 2.58 left in the fourth quarter on the WLW Sports Network. WLW Sports Network and the Ugly Bearcats, Evan Bruski. After throwing an interception, brings in an interception on defense and returns it for six, 65 yards, is what the official word is. 65 yards in for the score. And it's now 49 to 7, Ugly leading by 42 points. And we throw things down to Ed Klump on the sidelines. Well, you really get the feel when Evan Peruski has the ball in his hands. He's moving at a different speed than everybody else, but it's it's also in more control than everybody else. His vision and hitting the hole, waiting for the blockers, even on the interception, it's an impressive it's an impressive feat. Some would say it's like a young 1991 Ed Klump down there, wouldn't you say? Some, few, <laughs> few. <laughs> Ed Klump and Kendall Anthes braving the elements down there for us on the sidelines today. First in 10 for the Fowler Eagles as Brett Mueller's kick goes three yards into the end zone for a touchback. So with 2.58 remaining in the fourth quarter, Fowler back on offense trailing by 42 points, 49 to 7. Yeah, he's just playing at another level. He's just playing at an elite level that nobody else is right now uh, that we've seen on the field the same time as him. And he is, like I said, he reads the pass, intercepts the ball, and when, when he has the ball in his hands in open space, he is ex as fun as anybody to watch right now. Jacob Hoffman takes off on the quarterback keeper, gets out for about eight yards before he's tracked down by Aiden Kohler, the sophomore defensive tackle for the Bearcats. Gain of eight on the play, second down and two. Two and a half minutes to remain in the regional championship between the Fowler Eagles and the Ugly Bearcats. 
Nice read there by quarterback Hoffman, putting the ball in Stump's hands, taking it back when he sees the defensive end collapse and around the right side. And he goes pretty much untouched until he gets about an eight-yard gain on the play. Second down two. I'll be starting to push in some subs here in this fourth quarter. Two minutes rest left and counting in the final session here. It's a handoff to Nolan Stump in the Ugly Bearcats right into the backfield. It's the tandem of Cannon Peruski and Parker Peruski in the backfield. One-two punch. They're going to give him no gain in the play. That's being a little generous there. Out to the 28-yard line, third down and two. Yeah, essentially unblocked. These two, if they were attempted to be blocked, it wasn't a very good attempt as they just swim right across those two guys, knock the offensive line right out of the way, and collapse on the running back virtually the same time. And uh, when you run into those boys, you're going backwards or down. Those are your only two options. And no gain on the play for Fowler as this game is now under one and a half minutes to go. Ugly up 49 to 7. 42 point lead for the Ugly Bearcats. A very familiar storyline for the Ugly Faithful this season. No opponent has scored more than two times in the entire year. And it's a handoff for the Fowler Eagles to Zach Hoffman, slot receiver. Looks like he has the first down by about a quarter of a yard. Gets out of just the other side of the 30-yard line. Tackle made by Aiden Makoviak, as well as 54, Jace Susala, senior for the LB Bearcats. As the substitutes almost throwing things back over. And Everett up 27-20 with 2.33 left in the third quarter. So Everett up by just seven points as Iron Mountain has scored twice. Actually, all three scores in the second half. No, excuse me, no, it was 27 to six. And the Fowler Eagles say that is it. No more snaps and the Ugly Bearcats secure their ninth regional championship in school history in 10 tries. The Ugly Bearcats improved to 12 and 0 on the season, taking out the Fowler Eagles. This one was really never even in question as it was a dominating performance from the Ugly Bearcats once again with 362 yards on 26 plays and six touchdowns. It was all Ubly all day today from Herb Field. Ubly 49, Fowler 7. As the Ubly Bearcats punch their ticket to the state semifinals for another year in a row. Impressive feat here from what this Ubly program is doing with a play caller who is just a junior. A lot of these players, just a junior or even a sophomore. You're listening to the WNLW Sports Network. When we return, we'll have your trophy presentation with Rick Glaza, PA announcer here as the final score, Ubly 49, Fowler 7 from Jerry Herb Field. You're listening to the WNLW Sports Network. victorious and they take a yet another regional championship in their toe nine in school history with a 49 to 7 victory over the Fowler Eagles now we listen to Rick Glasso PA announcer for the LB Bearcat program and accepting the championship trophy the regional champions 
Four straight regional titles, four straight semi-final appearances now for the Ubley Bearcats. As they take out the Fowler Eagles from start to finish, it was all Ubley Bearcats. 49-7. Another dominating performance from the Bearcat squad. And Evan Prusky leading the way with 10 carries for 267 yards and four scores. Your Thompson Chevrolet player of the game. Altogether as a team, 24 carries for 344 yards and six scores. The LA Bearcats completed one pass on two attempts. One was intercepted for 18 yards into the hands of Luke Vomering. Impressive numbers here from the LA Bearcats for the 12th straight week, Dave Hansen. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible to watch. We saw it right in week one, and we knew right away that uh, this team was playoff ready uh, right out of the gate in week one, and you just don't see that. You know, usually see some mistakes, some signs, you know, some holds or some offsides, false starts, those little things that you got to clean up as the weeks go on. There was no no such thing. Ubley come out right away in bad X and just put on a clinic, and they have simply done that to every team they've faced, whether it's been at home or on the road. It makes no difference. And uh, this Bearcat team has looked as good as anybody that we've seen in person this year and just in dominating fashion. And, and the, the defense has always been really good. It's, it's the offense that has done what they wanted to people, especially on the ground. Impressive as the Ubley Bearcat squad all teamed up here for yet another photo, which has quite, quite frankly become quite a tradition here yearly. Four straight regional titles for the LB Bearcats. 2019, they took out second Novell, 56 to 36. 2020, they took out Carson City Crystal, 36 to 6. Last year, Breckenridge, 65 to 6. And this year, 49 to 7. We now throw things down to Ed Klump, who's standing by with Eric Sweeney, head coach of the LB Bearcats. Eric Sweeney, the, the fourth regional championship in a row. Congratulations. Great job. What were your thoughts of today's game? Uh, just happy with how we played. You know, they, they did a nice job of shutting down the inside stuff on us, but, you know, the, the lucky thing for us, we got a kid like Evan Prutsky that can make plays, and he just went out and made plays today, and I, th I thought we played a great game. Talk about that defense. Uh, you know, coming in here, we knew that they could throw the ball. They did have some success throwing the ball, but defense just shut them right down. Talk about that defense. Well, you know, that extra day of practice, I think, really helped us this week. We were able to cover some things, and, you know, Coach Becker always has the kids ready, and you know the main thing was they're gonna, you know, they're gonna throw them short passes, let them catch it, tackle them, don't let them get a big game. Yeah, we knew it was it was only a matter of time before you unleashed Evan on on, on a team when you had to. You did it, you did it today, and he came and he came through. How about Evans uh, uh, today? Well, nothing Evan does surprise me. He's a great athlete, you know, and you know when you commit last week. MLS committed a lot of players to make sure he didn't get yards, and this week they were more worried about our off-tackle and inside stuff, so we just let him get in space and go. Great job. Congratulations so much, Coach. All right, thanks, Ed. And now standing by is actually Evan Bruski, the Thompson Chevrolet player of the game, who ended up with 10 carries, 267 yards, and four scores. Ed Klump with Evan Bruski. Evan, you're the, the Chevrolet player of the game, 207. How many was that, Clark? 267 yards. 267 yards today. Congratulations, fourth. This is uh, Ubley's fourth regional championship in a row. How does it feel, Evan? Um, I, I don't. You can't explain how good it feels. I mean, four. I don't think 
there's a school around here that's done that either I can think of Palm Westphalia or uh, Ithaca so it's it's I don't know it's it's amazing first time in school history so uh, for the rest of my life I can go down as a well me for three but and you know, last four years we've won the regional so it's it's pretty special well, again, I went up and talked to your parents today in the in the stands. Your mom says you get absolutely all your talent from her. Is that true? Um, yeah, that, no, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're in trouble now. Yeah, yeah, I'll be in trouble for that, but yeah. Well, hey, congratulations, Evan. Great game. Thank you. And thank you, Ed Clum, for that. We'll see if we can track down anyone else. Perhaps Cannon Prusky, number 64, or even Aiden Makoviak, 23, with some impressive defensive numbers here today. Cannon Prusky, 10 tackles, 2 tackles for a loss. Aiden Makoviak, 9 tackles, 2 tackles for a loss, and 1 fumble recovery for Makoviak. So, you look at across the board here, Dave Vanson, just truly impressive numbers, no matter what number of jersey is on there. No, purely dominating fashion, right? So, the game plan, again, is goes Ubley's way. It's executed the way they want things to go. And if you're a team that plays against them, you have to play your own style of game and, and execute it, and there's been no answer. And to me, it starts with the defense. I just think that they just don't allow anything to happen. They don't allow big plays. They force turnovers. They wreak havoc in the backfield. And, and to me, that sets up good field position for the offense. And the running game has normally been a grinded-out style, but uh, just after so long, they just wear you out and hit you with big plays. And when you gamble to take away the middle – Evan Peruski will absolutely destroy you like today on the outside. And if you put extra assets on the outside to keep him at bay, Mark Heilig and company destroys you up the middle. I just don't know how you stop this team. And uh, to me, if a team's going to beat them, they need to find a way to beat them in a shootout. And, and either way, that still bodes well for an ugly team. And we have yet to see even remotely close to a shootout. We might see the first play or first drive after the second half when this other team makes some adjustments. They might march down the field, maybe get a score, as we saw Fowler do today. But by that point, the game is over. Yeah, it's just teams just don't come out quick enough, right? The, normally, teams have that feeling out process and okay with punting and doing a little bit of the uh, the chess match there and the field position battle. Ubley is, has no part of it. We're going to come out. We're going to score on every single drive. Uh, I mean, they have scored in this playoff run. They've probably scored on 90-plus percent of their drives at this point, uh, and that's if you take away just kneeling at the end of a game. They score almost every time they have the football, and that's impressive. And the defense on the other side feeds off it. They allow just simply nothing. It is simply nothing. I mean, Fowler accumulated 200 yards of offense, but two-thirds of it came in the second half when this game was down, was, was already 35 to nothing. It, it's just very impressive. It feels like a broken record repeating that, but it's extremely impressive the dominating fashion they've beat teams. And, uh, again, whether you're Everett or whether you're Iron Mountain, uh, good luck next week. You're going to need every single inch of it. Yeah, Everett and Iron Mountain is Everett early as it was what? What was the score here? 27-6. And now it's 27-20 to 20, last we heard. And now it is still that same We're score? We're seeing 27-26, one-point game. Ooh, Iron Mountain trails Everett. Correct. At the moment. All right, let's hear from Coach Becker with Ed Klump, who's standing by on the sidelines. Finally, finally caught up to Coach Becker here. Coach, congratulations. Uh, fourth regional championship in a row for Ubley. That's congratulations on that. The defense, talk about the defense today. Boy, I thought, I honestly thought that they would be able to maybe throw the ball, maybe move the ball a little better than the team did last week. But no, you shut them right down. Great job today. Talk a little about that. Well, I don't know if you would say we shut them right down. Um, they... You know, them spot passes and stuff. We knew we were going to have trouble. The quarterback gets it, and he gets rid of it. So sacking the quarterback's almost a, it's going to be non-existent because it's so quick. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, our kids were right on the coverage. It's they made some great catches. Um, oh, I'm I'm tickled to death about you know only allowing them seven points, um, but the kids worked hard. They knew it was going to be tough, and you know we really um, the run. I mean, they were a single wing uh, team, you know, running the ball very well, and they got out of that right away. And um, you know, and when you're throwing the ball all the time, you know, you still got to catch it, and you know, and that first drive of the third quarter it was like a seven eight minute drive you're not gonna score 40 points that way so our goal was not to give up the home run you know the big plays keep everything in front and anytime they tried the big play um, our guys were right there to you know we had a couple interceptions and stuff like that and and um, and it was a hard-hitting ball game on our side of the ball too I thought I thought we tackled really well and um, yeah, really, really controlled the defensive line, really controlled yeah. the game quite a bit. Great job. Great job, and congratulations, Coach. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. And thank you, Ed Klump, as we'll see if we can track down someone else there for him to speak with as really impressive numbers here. Evan Bruski, 267 yards on 10 carries. Seth Maurer, 6 carries for 45 yards and a score. Mark Heilig, 7 carries, 25 yards and a score. And Aiden Makoviak, 1 carry for 7 yards. And Fowler, yes, they did throw for 164 yards and 18 of 31 passing with two interceptions. That's a completion rate of about 58% for Jacob Hoffman, sophomore quarterback. This is a young Fowler team. I think we will see Fowler in the future as for most of their team are sophomores and juniors, including their quarterback, including their backfield. Uh, Nolan Stump, just a junior as well. Their wide receivers, uh, Ben Cohagen, a sophomore, number 11. Zach Hoffman, he is a senior, but that's about it. Uh, their line, left guard, left tackle, they are seniors. And uh, their right guard, Carson Silman, also a senior. So they're going to lose a, a bit of their line, but frankly, uh, bright future for Fowler, but even a brighter future for the Ugly Bearcats as they've got another week of football at least. They sure do. And uh, again, Fowler, I think, uh, peaked a little bit. I think they're one year uh, ahead of where they can make a, a real run. Um, and last week was kind of the telltale there. Beale City really was the better team last week, but Fowler found a way to carve away and make a big stop at the end of the game to halt a very veteran team from making that comeback and getting a, another shot at, at with Ubley there at Beale City. But so give credit. To Fowler, uh, they they probably peaked to what they could possibly do this year with so many underclassmen, sophomore quarterback. But uh, they, they'll, they'll lose an important one, important piece on the offense. Otherwise, they got some linemen to replace. Otherwise, this offense is intact. So uh, they they showed signs of being good on offense. They can stymie up the defense a little bit. This could be a team to keep your eye on next year in Division Eight. So Dave Hanson, what do you think the game plan for Ubley is going to be? Whether it be Everett or Iron Mountain? Uh, same thing. You, they have to establish themselves in the line of scrimmage. If they can create holes, again, they, they don't need 50-yard 50 50-yard 50 rushing touchdowns at a time. They need to get three and four yards on every single down, and nobody's even forced them to play that game, the long game. That's what they want to do. If you're going to let them score in the short game, they'll just run the score up on you like they have all season long. Um, so whether Everett or Iron Mountain is up to the task of slowing down this offense occasionally getting a gain of one instead of the four that Ubley needs, you know, they, they can get them off the field. But I just don't know who or how is someone going to score on this defense enough to keep up with whatever the offense does. So the uh, media round table goes in the hands of Paul P. Adams securing his third victory. He had the Ubley Bearcats winning by 43, 49-6. It was 49-7. to seven. So two weeks in a row, the winner of the media round table just one point off. 
Yeah, very impressive. Uh, and like I said, it was, I, I thought Fowler would be a little bit better than the team we saw last week. So I, I had a, a score less or one more score on the board for Fowler, essentially. But uh, it didn't take long into the first quarter, 28 nothing. I believe you could tell right away that this was going to be another clinic put on by the Bearcats and uh, another team that comes up here to to Ubley country or to Huron County or the counties up here in general and uh, learn what physical small game football looks like and they just get beat up. And the, those kids are going to go home sore today. They they absolutely got a licking, and that's because the Ubley Bearcats just play fundamentally sound physical football. They hit you for four straight quarters, and it doesn't matter if it's 49-7 to seven or it's 7-7. Seven to seven. They come at you until, close, until they absolutely are told not to and the clocks are at zero. So the Ubley Bearcats finish their season at home undefeated for another season in a row. As now, it is on to the state semifinals, a neutral site, no matter who the opponent is. Iron Mountain, it could be a long long ride for the Ubley Bearcats. It very well could be Marquette if they want to play inside, or you're looking at a Gaylord at the closest. If it's Everett... Well, the things could be a lot shorter. It could be Alma, it could be Saginaw Valley, it could be Flint. Not sure. Yeah, it would be uh, you know a reasonable couple-hour drive if Everett were to win. So uh, clearly, that's uh, I think what uh, the local fan base is rooting for. Um, we might have something to say about that. But if Iron Mountain wins, they're essentially in Wisconsin. So you got to believe the Superior Dome in Marquette, which is an awesome facility. Marquette is uh, just one of my favorite cities in the state. It's an awesome place, but it is a hike. Um, but there are so many options. I, Petoskey has a field that they could play on Gaylord, so it's very unknown where we'll be next week. What I do know is the LB Bearcats will be there ready to play. Well, we do have Ed Klump back in the uh, booth here as he's trying to warm up. Ed Klump, now that you're you know, in the, the safe zone of the booth here, you're out of the wind, you're out of the elements, you're out of the snow that was coming down for just a brief moment. What did it look like? We were up here from a perspective, you know, that very few players have or people have. You were from a perspective who very few people have, aside from the actual team and players. So, really, what did it look like on the sidelines there for the Ubley Bearcats? You know, Kendall and I were able to get right on, looking right straight down the lines, and that was really where the game was played is, is, is right on lines, like it always is. And the Ubley defense and offensive lines were firing off the ball. The whole first quarter, there were four Bearcats on the the quarterback for Fowler. It didn't really stand a chance. Every time he tried to throw the ball, he only had maybe two, three seconds at the at tops. And that that wasn't enough for the for the receivers to get open. And that was really kind of the story of the first quarter there. And then on offense, they couldn't they were carrying out their fakes really well. But even if they were running straight dives, I think Ubley probably would have got five yards at a crack. Yeah. So we saw the same story line up here as you did on the field, but just a dominating performance from the Ubley Bearcats as Iron Mountain takes the lead over Everett. Now 34-27, to Iron Mountain leading in the fourth quarter over Everett. Everett was leading from up until this point in the game. Of course, uh, the winner of that has large ramifications of where that game will be played next week. Will it be in the Lower Peninsula? Will it be in the Upper Peninsula? Will it be in Wisconsin or, heck, even Minnesota at this point? Yeah, it, it could be in Chicago for all we know at this point. Uh, I mean, we just have no idea. This... But uh, like I said, Iron Mountain uh, could easily be attached to the state of Wisconsin, so they have a, they are going to have a lot to say about that. And, and we know the MHSA loves their Superior Dome in Marquette. Like, I'll say it again, it's a fabulous city, Beautiful. one of our favorites. Yes. Uh, it just takes a very long time to get there. So um, we're still probably rooting for, rooting for Everett a little bit there, uh, but feel very confident that this Hubley team can beat anybody right now. So uh, for that case, it doesn't really matter, but uh, – very interested to see how this fourth quarter shakes out because there's quite a bit of time left in that game. So three of the four tickets are punched for the state semifinals in Division 8. We have the Ubley Bearcats 
And then the other seat, uh, Iron Mountain or Everett on the other side, Clarkson Everest and Ottawa Lake Whiteford. Uh, they played last night in Ottawa Lake Whiteford and Clarkson Everest punching their tickets last night. Everett and Iron Mountain still playing in the fourth quarter. Iron Mountain leading by a score now, 34-27 to over Everett. So any other final thoughts here, gentlemen, from uh, today's broadcast? Great work down there on the sidelines. Ed, you, you, you made your rounds. You got into the stands. You were talking to the superintendent. You were talking to the players. You were talking to the coaches. Uh, Kendall seemed to hold his own as well. Yeah, it, Kendall always does a great job down there. He... he, he tease me up, tells me what to say and everything like that. It was actually fun sitting in the crowd and Ubley. Always fun visiting with the lovely folks of Ubley and all the lovely Peruskis that are, that are in the stands. Can't throw a stone without hitting one of them. <laughs> That's very true. And Dave Hansen, final thoughts. Absolutely. Uh, great work, Ed, uh, Ed and uh, Mr. Anthus down there. You guys do a great job and just adds another element to this broadcast. But uh, yeah, just an absolutely outstanding game. Uh, appreciate all of our uh, our hosts here in Ubley uh, always uh, take good care of us here, and uh, it's a nice tight fit, nice and cozy up here, but uh, we all get along well enough, and and uh, again, feels in great shape, held up well, and just the story is Ubley Bearcats dominating, and uh, they've got, if they haven't opened people's eyes yet uh, statewide in Division 8, you better look out, because this team is playing and firing on all cylinders, playing well right now, and uh, like I said, they, they make connecting all special teams extra points, uh, Brett Mueller flips the field on special teams. The offense defense is rolling, and they are healthy. They are healthy and ready to go. This team is uh, very fun to watch, and if you haven't had a chance to, I highly recommend it. One of the stats I want to track down this week, Dave, is how many punts has Ubley kicked this season? Oh, it can't be many. As five? I, 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 it's under 10 for sure, I would bet. So, Who is their punter even? Is it Mark Heilig, I believe? I think Mark does it, yes. Yeah, Mark Heilig is, well... One of the that easiest, tells, jo- that, easiest that, jobs in the business that, right now. Yeah, that tells you what we've covered, what, five Ubley games this year, and we can't remember who the punter is. There's exactly <laughs> the stat you need to know about how good Ubley is right there. Well, today's presentation of the WLW Sports Network is brought to you by Thumb Sailor and Agar Valley Services. DS Services of Cass City, Kodak Radiator and Air Conditioning of Banax, Rainey's Hunting Center, 269 Guns, North Star Bank, Huron Auto Parts, Countryside Transportation, Bayport State Bank, DNN Cabinet Shop, Ubley Motor Service, Miguelski Vera Home, Valley Collision, McVeigh Insurance Agency, Nutrient Egg Solutions, the Michigan High School Athletic Association, and Sure Health. Better health, better life, are you sure? So on behalf of the entire WLW Sports Broadcast team, down on the sidelines, our on-field producer and Kendall Anthus, an intern from Northwood University. Sideline reporter, that was Ed Klump. Our spotter, best in the business, Dan Banky. Director of Sports Information, Doug Cole, keeping him busy today with all those running clock situations. Driving all the way from Livonia, Michigan. Dave Hansen, in-game analysis, and I'm Clark Ramsey, producer and host of this broadcast. We hope you enjoyed tonight's game and afternoon game. Enjoy your Saturday night. We'll be back on air for the state semifinals. Ubley against, well, we don't care. We'll see you then. This has been a presentation of the WLEW Sports Network, powered by Agri-Valley Services, on Sports Radio 102.1 FM, and live and worldwide at WLEWsports.com. Like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Just search for WLEW Sports. Your home for high school football is the WLEW Sports Network.